What's up, everybody? This is episode 102 of Real Pop Culture. We're running about a week behind on our Halloween season episodes, but fear not. We will deliver, as promised, four episodes in the Halloween season. The October... I'm wanting episode 103 to come out Halloween night. It might be a day or two later. I'm not 100% sure yet. But I'm super excited about that episode. Most of it's already done. And uh, I'm going to spoiler it for you right now because I can't. I just can't sit on this this any longer. I can't keep it uh, I can't keep it a secret because I'm too excited. Anthony and I went out to Waverly Mansion in Columbus, Mississippi uh, a couple of weeks ago. And we had a really, really awesome time. I've, I've been wanting to go to Waverly Mansion since we started this podcast because it is the most talked about haunted place definitely in this area arguably in the u.s we talked to the owners we talked to the caretaker we got everything all set up we went out there we had a we did a walkthrough and we did an interview with the caretaker and we had a super awesome time a big shout out to jimmy he's a real cool dude can't wait to play that for y'all next episode that'll be our our headliner our closer for this halloween season had a really good time doing all these shows i always have fun during halloween because we always put a lot of work a lot of effort into to everything we do we're gonna get more shows in october than we do any other time of the year i would say for sure this episode we got my good friend mr barry Poole. i got him in the studio and we talked about serial killers. I thought it'd be awesome for this Halloween season to cover real-life monsters, real-life boogeymen, boogeymen that actually inspired most of the boogeymen that we see on TV and movies. And we actually kind of worked out a couple of, of other... During the interview, I realized a couple of, uh, of more uh, influences in movies and television that I, I didn't even realize at the time. But, uh, yeah, we had a great conversation while I had him here. I went on ahead and did my list and his list. Later in the episode, we've got uh, Kella, Anthony, and Sean doing their lists. And speaking of lists, it's only one more episode to go. And we've only got, like, a couple of more that's been sent in to read off on the final episode for Halloween. So y'all need to send them in. Send us your lists of your favorite horror movie sequels of all time. Top 10. One other thing I wanted to announce real quick, because I keep forgetting to mention it. I usually publish these episodes about a day or two before I put it out on social media. Because I really am trying to encourage people to subscribe. It really helps us out if you subscribe to the podcast. And it helps you out because you never miss an episode you'll it'll it'll immediately download to your phone or ipad or whatever you are listening to his own if you don't want it to download that's okay because you can change your settings to where it just notifies you like me I, i subscribe to too many podcasts and if it downloaded all of them it would fill my phone up so if you don't want it using up your some people want it to download because then they can listen to it even if they got service or not. 
but if you want to save room on your phone just go under settings and tell it not to download and it will just notify you that way you always know right away when a new episode comes out and it looks good on us because if we try to get people on the show we try to get sponsors or whatnot they look at how many subscribers we have because that's only kind of data that that's provable i suppose so anyway be sure to go like and subscribe you can subscribe on itunes you can subscribe on Podomatic. Um, we're on a lot of other platforms, and to be honest with you, I really don't know. I think you can subscribe on pretty much any, whatever podcast site you listen to us through, whether it's Stitcher or now we're on Spotify and any of those places you can do some sort of subscribing. So anyway, we're going to jump into this show again. Had a good time talking to my boy Barry Poole. He's been on the podcast before a long time ago. I've known him forever. And uh, he's always been into serial killers and true crime. He reads the books all the time. And I was like, it just popped in my head a few weeks back. I was like, you know what? Why don't we do a serial killer interview? That's about as Halloween as it gets. So, uh, here goes. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal is a nonprofit organization, a level-headed team with a knowledgeable background who tries to explain and debunk, not taking things solely as paranormal. They try to help their clients with an understanding about the paranormal. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal also gives back to the community by way of sponsorships such as this one, fundraisers for historical sites and individuals with terminal illnesses. They strive to make their team better and make a difference. You can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash shadowstalkersparanormal38821. They're ready to believe you. All right, we've been doing the Halloween thing for as long as we've been doing the podcast, three years now. And we've, of course, done the paranormal. We've talked about monsters. We've talked about ghosts. I thought this year, why don't we talk about real-life boogeymen? like monsters that actually roam the earth. We're going to talk about serial killers. And I got my good friend Barry Poole in the house. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm good, man. Uh, I lived with you in like the early 2000s in Amory. We, we roommated together. And I had a super good time. Don't get me wrong. But I also noticed that you had a large collection of serial killer books. And you're reading a lot of stuff about two crime. So it, it kind of made me a little bit nervous. But uh, you are a, what I would consider an expert on serial killers. I, I don't know if you would call me an expert. I'm, I'm definitely more than probably a novice on it. It, it. It's something that goes back where I got my start at. Uh, it was probably 11th or 12th grade English. We got handed an assignment, and we had to do a, like a term paper, like a book review on it. Right. And... Miss Burleson, God rest her soul, you remember her very well, I'm she sure. She died? Yeah, she died a few years back. But uh, she gave me the book about Jack the Ripper. Oh. And I had to do a term paper on Jack the Ripper. And that kind of spawned my you know, fascination with serial killers. I'm not trying to glorify them by any means. You know, they're sick individuals. But I also had a fascination, you know, reading the book, like, you know, thinking – what was going through the people that, you know, the victim's head at the time of the attacks, what was going through his head, you know, it, it just all played out. And I kind of got infatuated with it. Then, you know, kind of went a few years there where I didn't really do much with it, but I, I was, you know, of course, you know, I was in the army. 
and we were out on a training exercise for 30 days out in the, the bush, as they called it. And, of course, I was a little bored in one of my... Where was this? When you were in New York? Or yeah, that's when I was in New York. Syracuse? We were actually in Louisiana at Fort Polk at the time, doing a 30-day field training. And uh, I was a little bored. You know, I got tired of playing spades and all that, What we, the typical shit we do out there. And one of the, the guys in my unit had a book, and I was, I'm like, man, when you get done with that book, let me read it. And the book was Helter Skelter oh. about the Manson family. Well, I read that book in like a day out there. I was so fascinated with it. I was, you know, I, I just couldn't put it down. And from that point on, man, I just read everything I could, all the literature I could on like, you know, different serial killers and, you know, different true crime stories. I'm just fascinated with it. I wouldn't call myself an expert, but definitely I'll, fascinated I'll, I'll with it. I'll deem you an expert. Well, I'll, I bestow upon you the title <laughs> of expert. Well, I will take it from the great Mark Clinton. <laughs> Um, speaking of the Manson family, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Charles Manson himself never – did he ever actually kill anybody or he, he just he, got people to kill he him? He was never proven to kill anybody. He, You know, of course, he had the Manson family, you know, his – He got his minions to do his, his bidding, His basically. cult following, you know, yeah. his minions, like you said. He, he pretty much brainwashed all the guys and the girls in his cult. And he he told them that – they needed to do this to start a race war, basically. You know, they wanted they wanted to go out and kill people and make it look like black people killed them. So they, you know, the the white people in the world would think it was black guys doing it. So and all it their victims start a race were white war. people. Yes, and and Charles Manson thought that by doing this, they would need. You know, of course, this is probably not what you want to say, but he thought the black people weren't smart enough to rule the world. So they would need a white follower. So it was his it was his idea to go out and start a race war, but you know, him and his minions, his cult following, hide in a cave somewhere. Then when the blacks and the whites fought each other, they would come out after it was all over with and, you know, they would be the leaders. That was what he considered helter skelter. So that explains the swastika tattoo between his eyes. Yes. I suppose. Yes. Nothing says I have racial issues like a a good old swastika tattoo between uh, your eyes. You think? <laughs> that makes, uh, I bet that makes Thanksgiving dinner awkward. Well, it doesn't end San Quentin prison. Is that where he is? He's dead now. He died. He? he died like a year and a half Man, ago. Man, he's died like a hundred times. Are you sure? Yes, he's dead. One thing I was wondering about is like <clears throat> the serial killers always, seems like they always have a nickname, like a tagline, the Zodiac Killer, the Green River Killer, the Butcher. Is, is the nickname thing is that something the public usually comes up with or is that the media or is that like during the investigation sometimes the 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 police are like they don't know who it is so they just give them like a, a nickname it's usually the media the fbi and the different law enforcement agencies do not like giving them nicknames because they think that glorifies them oh. and gets them more publicity it's usually the media that gives them a nickname you know it's usually something in conjunction with like the green river killer you know at the first, when he was killing all his victims, he dumped them in the Green River in Seattle. So that's where they come up with the Green River Killer. Some of the things that are so terrifying to me about serial killers is, for one, they have no motive. Not that it's ever okay to kill somebody, but if two people hate each other and one of them kills the other one, that's not okay but I, I see 
why that happened. It, it happened because that person hated that person. Or the, these two people got in a fight in a moment of rage. Or, or this dude, like, messed with this other dude's wife, so he killed him. Like, that, again... Not it's not okay to do that, but it makes sense. Like I, it makes it. It's it's easy to to figure out, especially as far as investigation, because you always investigate motive first. The motive is how they always, you know, catch the bad guy in in a, in a murder case. But these people are just like I. I don't have nothing against this person. I don't have any quarrel. I'm just gonna go kill him. That, that, that's what makes a serial killer so hard to catch. Like you said, you know, like most crimes are committed by somebody that knows that person, like a husband, a wife, you know, a brother, sister, or a friend, or whatever. And serial killers by nature, you know, are narcissists. They're psychopaths. They, there's no rhyme to their reason. They, they've got a particular motive that they do. They've got a particular, you know, type of person they want to go out and, you know, basically attack but that's what makes it so hard to catch them because you know a stranger on stranger crime you know the police have nothing to go back to so that's what makes them so hard to catch yeah and you know and not that there's aren't serial killers like in present day but it seems like it's harder to be one now because of forensics and because of dna and the internet and just modern technology but it, it seems like back then when the, the surge of serial killers was happening, it was way, way easier to be a serial killer. And it, it, it was. And that makes it scary, you know, because... You know, like you said, there was no DNA evidence back then. You know, they relied pretty much solely on fingerprints and, you know, police work. You know, if your fingerprints wasn't the system back then, you know, they weren't going to catch you. You know, that's the same. That goes true with DNA as well. But if they ever do catch you, DNA doesn't lie. You know, right? If your DNA is there, it's you. But kind of like the Green River Killer, he started killing in the mid '80s. He confessed to like 71 murders, but he said it was probably closer to 100 that he killed. He he'd killed so many he couldn't even tell the cops how many he had killed. But what finally got him was they they actually interviewed him back in the the mid to late '80s on a couple of the, the prostitutes' murders because he, he was known to frequent the SeaTac Strip, is what they called it, in Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. He was, uh, he was known to frequent that, and they interviewed him back then when those girls started disappearing and getting murdered, but they, you know, they couldn't pin anything on him. They didn't have any evidence back then. Yeah. But what ended up happening, they, they took a DNA sample from him way back then you know, DNA technology at that time was pretty much non-existent, but they knew one day they would be able to do something with that. Right. They collected DNA. They, they, they collected they, his, you know, a swab out of his mouth or blood or whatever. 2001, they run that DNA again and it connected him to four murders. Mm. So that's what got him called. You know, he, he's the most notorious serial killer in the United States. He's got the most confirmed kills of any serial killer, but them taking a, a swab sample from him back in 1988 or whatever year it was is what eventually got him caught. Yeah, another thing that I've, I think is just genuinely terrifying because I put myself in the, in the place of the neighbor or, you know, maybe even the friend or the girlfriend because everybody says the same thing 
that didn't get killed by him, of course. They said, oh, he was, just, he was a nice guy. He was, like, really cool. He helped me move uh, uh, a couch up the stairs when he was coming home one day, or he helped he held the door for me, or he was always polite. Like, that's genuinely terrifying to me because that, that basically says you can't pinpoint a serial killer. There's no – you can't look at somebody and say, that looks like a serial killer because most of the time they would say he was a nice guy. Ted Bundy, for example, you know, to go on your point there, one of my favorite authors of all time, she passed away a couple of years ago, is Ann Rule. She worked with Ted Bundy in a 911 crisis hotline for suicide. She worked in there with him, worked beside him for five years, and said he was one of the nicest, most genuine guys she'd ever Wait, been around. so he had a job where he kept people from killing themselves. themselves but he was killing them. But he, he was killing kill people. Them. Yes, exactly. Not only did he do, not only did he do that, he also ran a campaign for the governor of California for a re-election and got him re-elected as a Republican. He also was on the campaign for Nelson Rockefeller when he ran for president in the late 70s. He was on the campaign for it. He was, you know, a big activist in the political movement in California at that time. Do you think that was cover, maybe? Or, I mean, was he just trying to establish his alibi? No, he, he was he was just that good. I mean, you look at Ted Bundy. He's a good-looking guy. I was going to say, is that the one they said that was, like, pretty nice-looking? Yes. He, he was, you know, he was an all-American boy-looking guy. And he was the guy next door, you know, that everybody wanted to be friends with and all that. He just covered it up so well. You know, like Ann Rule, she said, you know, she ended up writing a book called The, the Stranger Beside Me. It was about... Ted Bundy, all of his murders, you know, and she said that she had spent hours with him, not only at work, but away from work, eating, you know, going to his house. And when she finally realized that it could be him was when he, he tried to kidnap two girls in the same day at Lake uh, Snoqualmish in Seattle. And he had tried to attempt to pick up two or two or three more girls that day before he ended up getting the two that he got. And he told him his name was Ted and he was driving a Volkswagen. Why do you use his real name? He, I don't know. I, I think it would maybe in cockiness or whatever. He didn't think he could be caught, but he used his real name and he was driving a Volkswagen. Well, that, you know, got put out on the APB or whatever, you know, when the cops put it out and Ann Rule heard that and like I wonder sure, if this I wonder if this could be my Ted. He drives a Volkswagen. His name is Ted. So it's highly likely that he wouldn't have gotten caught if he would have just said my name is Al Bob you know, Racecar. Exactly. <laughs> wow. But she started putting two and two together, and then along with Bob Capel, he was the lead detective at Seattle at that time, and she mentioned her thoughts to him. And they started looking into him, and they, they started uncovering stuff with him. And that got the attention to him. But then what ultimately got him caught, he was riding around. He had moved to Utah to go to school at Utah to get his uh, degree in psychology at that time. And he went in a hotel one night, and he ended up murdering a girl in the hotel that night. And his face was on the video camera. Well, a couple weeks later, he was in another area. He had his rape murder kit with him in his Volkswagen. He took a wrong turn and was and was going down the street with his lights out and met a cop, and a cop pulled him over, and that's what got him caught. The cop mm. seen the rape kit or the murder kit, whatever, in his back seat. Well, they arrested him. Well, 
then they started putting two and two together and figured out, you know, hey, he's responsible for killing this girl at this hotel in Utah and all this. But they lock him up in a jail like a, you know, like a Andy Griffith type jail overnight. Yeah. He escapes. Mm. And before he can ever stand trial, he escapes. And before they even know he's gone, you know, he's already all the way in Florida. And that's when the Florida State massacre happened. You know, he broke in a, he broke in a sorority house there and killed like six girls at one night. And was that the one that would lure people out to the car to like help him? Like he would act like he was hurt. Like he he, he had would a cast ha- on his arm. Yes, he was, was like wear he would wear a sling and like he had a cast on his arm, and he would tell him, you know, hey, can you help me carry my books to my car? Yeah, you, I remember you telling me that. And then I watched Silence of the Lambs, and they uh, they had uh, Buffalo Bill. He's like, help me load this couch. Exactly. And my arms in a sling. Like you know that was influenced by. Ted Bundy. It had to be because what he would do, he would put a hammer on his back tire and he would, you know, he would have a cast or whatever on his arm and like, hey, can you help me carry my books to my car? Well, they would get to the Volkswagen and the the driver's seat was completely gone. He took it out to get him in there easier. Well, they would lean over to put his books down and at the last minute, you know, they, they knew something wasn't right. Well, he would get that hammer off the back of his tire and hit him in the head, put him in the car. They were gone. Well, see, that... That I, w- I wasn't going to get to Gacy just yet, but think about all, with that, think about all the fiction that is inspired by real life. That's why I said serial killers are the most terrifying, because they are real. They are. So real that they inspire a lot of the fiction. Like, uh, again, John Wayne Gacy ruined clowns for everyone anything like with with pennywise or anything else that's a scary clown is because of him uh you look at ed gein uh, he inspired leatherface and norman bates because of all the mommy issues yes and uh the list goes on and on of the different influences but my question is is there a lot of i know there's a, a little bit of copycat stuff that's gone on through the years with serial killers but do you see the reverse of that in any of the books and stuff you've read? Like, do are any of the serial killers influenced by media such as music or books or TV or, or movies? Like, I've never seen anybody try to imitate Freddy. You know what I mean? Yes. Is the, there any of that? Well, the, the Zodiac killer, you know, he was never caught. He had a, you know, he killed like eight to ten Men and women, you know, he would sneak up on them and they were picnicking in a park or parked in their car parking, you know, like teenagers did back then. Yeah. And shoot them. He was never caught, but he would send letters to the media taunting the police and the media. And he he fed off the media, you know, and they don't know if he just died. They don't know if he got incarcerated or whatever and just quit killing. But, you know, the murder stopped in the probably early 70s. They just they just quit. And. But he was heavily influenced by the media. Son of Sam is another example. He lived off the media. He would kill and he would write notes or whatever and leave for them. He wanted the media to get their name. People like Ted Bundy or whatever, they didn't care about the media. Ted Bundy was a narcissist and he wanted attention once he got caught. You know, it was like, look at me, I'm this bad boogeyman and here I am, come interview me. And he would taunt the people that come and interviewed him. But he, he was never influenced by the media or anything like that. He was just a sick individual, man. And he, he wanted to murder and rape girls. And he was so sick. The Green, the, uh, Green River Killer also did this well. They would 
bury the, you know, not bury them. They would, wherever they dump the bodies, they would go back like weeks later, you know, with decomposing corpses and put makeup on them and have sex with them. Who did that? Like the Green, the Green River Killer any? and Ted Bundy did that. They, they would go back weeks later, you know, with a rotting corpse, basically, and still have sex with them, put makeup on them and fix their hair. That's just the, that, that's their mindset. They were sick individuals. Going back to what I just said about uh, real life influencing fiction, wasn't it the movie The Cell? Was that the one where the dude did shit like that? With Jennifer Lopez, yes. Yeah. And it it kind of seems like to me that a lot of the real life stuff influenced the fiction. But people, you know, of course, I came from a time of satanic panic with, with heavy metal and rock and roll music. That, you know, the games you're playing, the music you're listening to, the... The, the shows you're watching, the movies you're watching, that, that influences people to be violent because they're watching violence and they're hearing whatever. But it doesn't seem like it's... I don't, I don't see a lot of serial killers that are imitating anything they see on TV. They, they don't. I don't. I've never heard of a serial killer that ran around with a hockey mask on or with an with a actual chainsaw or, or knives on his fingers. You know what I mean? The, the serial killers have mental issues, you know, yeah, yeah, they come across as, you know, all-American boys like Ted Bundy or whatever. But Ted Bundy's, to, to give a backstory on him, where some of his mental issues came, came from, his mom got pregnant with him when she was like 15 or 16 years old. And back then, that was unheard of. You know, you were shunned for doing that back yeah. then. So her parents sent her off to a school that was for pregnant, unwed teenage girls back then, you know, in the... 40s or 50s, whatever it was. And so she went to that school and had Ted Bundy. Well, when she had him, she came home, but her parents didn't want Ted to know that, you know, her mom was, you know, not to say she was a whore. But a whore by their by whore the by standards, their standards of the and society everything. at the time. So when the Ted reception. Started, yes. The, the reception back then was not like it is today. And... So her parents told Ted that he was their kid and his mom was actually his sister. So he grew up thinking that his, his mom was his sister. And then when he turns like 14 or 15, he finds out the truth. So it screws his, it screws his mind up. It would probably screw mine up. I'm not saying I would go out and kill somebody, but that's the type of stuff. But if you already have issues and you add that to it, exactly, it could be a recipe for disaster. And, and that, and they said, you know, when Ted was a kid, he was a loner. He wanted to be by himself. He didn't like a lot of interaction with other kids. And his grandparents, which were posing as his mom and dad, caught him killing a cat one day and burying it. Just things like that are, are signs, you know, hey, something's wrong with this kid. That reminds me of Dexter. Exactly. Didn't he start out like killing animals and stuff? Yes. You know, they went through the whole... Memory memory phase on Dexter where they showed his dad. uh, Going to fiction. Yeah, when his dad is giving him the lecture, you know, it's not, you cannot kill animals like that. For serial killers, I don't know how many people out there watch Criminal Minds. You watch Criminal Minds, I love it, and I watch it. Like every episode, you can say, hey, they're making this after Ted Bundy. This is supposed to be Ed Gein. This is supposed to be, you know, John Wayne Gacy or whatever. But... It, it, it's they're they're just messed up individuals. They're narcissists. They're 
they're psychopaths, of course. So, you know, a normal person's not going to kill somebody. Like me or you, yeah, I, I love reading about it or whatever. We're not going to go out and kill somebody tonight because our minds are not wired that way. Theirs are. I think the fact that our minds aren't wired that way is why we're fascinated with serial killers because we're trying to imagine just like why in the hell, how could you be that way? And that's another thing that makes, to me, makes serial killers terrifying is that it seems like there's different avenues to get to the serial killer point. For example, obviously there's mental issues there, duh. But um, some of them have been studied. The What was it, the Golden State something killer? It was the Golden something. They actually found something in his brain, like a little tumor, and they're saying that's what caused it. It was like a defect. Like he, he was broken. Like he had a, something in his brain that was causing it. As if maybe he could have even been cured of it. You know what I mean? Like back then, medical stuff hadn't even caught up like it is now. And it's like you've got the people who are, are damaged that become serial killers as a result of, like, you know, as a result of, of abuse in, the, in their past. The ones that have just, uh, just mental illness in general. You have the ones that may have, like that guy, had the tumor in their head. And then there's some of them that I think is just pure evil. You know, like actual just pure evil. There's it's hard to put a finger on what makes a serial killer. The the Green River Killer was an example of pure evil. He had nothing in his background that showed that you know he should have had mental issues. He had a happy upbringing. His parents, you know, like nurtured him. There was nothing in his background. He was just an evil person, man, that hated women. You know, he hated his wives that he lived with, but wives? he knew. He, yes, he he had multiple wives. He hated them, but he knew if he killed them, the tension was going to come to him. So he took his abuse and frustrations out on, you know, prostitutes on the streets of Seattle and Tacoma, Washington. He would, he would roam the streets. He would pick him one out and he would go kill her. But there was nothing in his past that showed he should have had any mental issues. Ted Bundy, not making excuses for the dude, but he had shit in his, his past that said, you know, this guy's going to, could have issues down the road. There were warning signs. Oh, there, there were big warning signs with him. Even though he, as he got older, he learned how to cope with it and he learned how to hide it a lot better than a lot of people do. He was like your all-American boy next door, you know, by the time he was in his early 20s. Yeah. He, he fooled a lot of people. He fooled a freaking governor of California that had him on his campaign for re-election. Also, Nelson Rockefeller had him on his presidential election, and then, and I think it was 1978. And Nelson Rockefeller was quoted saying he was one of the brightest and sharpest minds he had ever been associated with. But look what he ended up doing. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name, but uh, he was known as the Butcher. And I'm, I'm trying to remember what country it was. It wasn't. He wasn't an American serial. Killer, he was but. Russian. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, he was Russian. And he killed, uh, I just had this pulled up. Uh, Yeah, he's the top one. La Bista. No, that's the beast. No, Garavito is from Colombia. He's considered the most prolific serial killer in the world in the history. But uh, this guy that they called the the Butcher, before he was killed by a firing, firing squad in 1994, he said this, and this is his quote. 
he said, when I used my knife, it brought psychological relief. I know I have to be destroyed. I was a mistake of nature. Do the serial killers possibly all know that they're effed up? Or do some of them feel justified in their own sick way, obviously, in, in what they're doing? Are they on a mission? Or are they just evil? Are they just crazy? Or is it a little bit of all of it? Ted Bundy, he contributed everything he done to a girlfriend. He said that he, he met her. They dated. They got engaged. He was, like, madly in love with her. You know, as a narcissist or a psychopath can be in love with somebody. You know, when you're a narcissist, you don't truly ever love anybody. But she told him that he was not mature enough for her eventually and basically dumped him. And he said that was the downward spiral that triggered him into chaos, basically. Yeah. Well, all the girls he killed from the, he started killing right then. But all the girls he killed you know, was a striking resemblance of that girl. Long hair parted down the middle, long, dark hair. And he eventually got his, he got his shit together and thought he was well enough for her and went back to her and they started dating again. He started dating her again just so he could break up with her to make her feel what he felt when she broke up with him. Wow. But he continued killing and all the girls he killed was girls that reminded him of her. And that was that that was his excuse, quote unquote, of why not not why, but of why the he picked the girls that he picked. He picked people that was a strong resemblance with her. You kind of already answered this next question because you keep bringing up that they're very narcissistic and that's that's quite possible why they do this. I, I was wondering, you know, when I asked if they know they're screwed up, is there is there a part of them that just knows, like, I need to be stopped, like that, that guy said that was the butcher? Is that why they leave clues, or is it just mostly always just narcissism because they're taunting the police or the FBI or whoever's trying to find them? Because a lot of them leave clues. The, the BTK killer, you've heard of him, right? Yeah. Dennis Rader. Through you. <laughs> Dennis Rader, you know, he, he killed... I can't remember exactly how many women he killed. It was like 10 or 12. And it started in the early 80s. He killed a whole family, the Arturo family. And he killed several more women. And then it stopped all of a sudden, you know, for like 10, 12 years, it just stopped. Well, being the narcissist that he is, thinking he was above the law and he would never be caught, he started communicating with the law again back in, it was the late 90s, early 2000s. He started communicating with them again. And what he didn't know, technology had done surpassed what he thought it had. So he asked the cop, you know, hey, if I give you a, a floppy drive, you remember floppy drives, you know, they're pretty obsolete now. The five and a quarter or the three yes. and a half? <laughs> but he said, if I leave you a floppy drive, can y'all trace that to me? And they, they told him, no, we can't trace that to you. So he leaves a floppy drive with a picture of the last woman he killed, a picture of her driver's license, and some other things on that floppy drive. Well, of course, the police can, they, they can't track where it come from, but they can see the origin of, you know, where it was used and all that. Well, they pulled it up, and they, said, they, they saw on the floppy drive that it was last updated. I can't remember the name of his church, but it was a church there in Wichita Falls, Kansas, that he, he was a 
deacon of. Oh, wow. He was the youth minister and all that. They pull it up and said, okay. As if he wasn't already going to hell. Exactly. They pull it up and said, okay, this was last edited at this church in Wichita Falls, Kansas. And it was updated by a guy named Dennis. So they they go on the website, uh, you know, internet and pull up that church in Wichita Falls and pull up a directory. And they find the first dentist they come to, which was Dennis Rader. So they said, hey, this could be our guy. Well, they stake out his daughter and see her throw a can in the garbage that day. They go collect the can and run DNA on it. And it's a familiar match because it's family members. It's not exact match, but they said the the person that gave this DNA sample is related to the person that killed these people. And that's how they caught him. Wow. What but year he, was that? Like roughly that was in like 2002 or 2003 when they, when they actually caught him, but he did all the murders back in the mid to late eighties and early nineties. That's a pretty good investigating skills right there. It is. But when I was, when I was uh, wondering like why they leave clues and stuff, I guess there was a part of me that kind of hoped they knew like maybe there was a tiny little shred of, of moral left in like a human part of them that thought I need to get caught. So, so I'm going to leave clues so they can catch me. But it turns out it's just really the, the, the more messed up side of them of, of the taunting and the narcissism. There, there are a couple that I think, that have left clues over the years because they wanted to be caught because they knew they needed to be caught. Do you find remorse? I mean, that's not, this doesn't seem like a common thread. It, most, most narcissists are, will never be remorseful over anything they do because they think they're above everything. There are a couple of, that I've read up on. I can't, you know, like quote any names right now, but they, they left clues so they would be caught because they knew that they needed to be stopped because they were monsters and they were never going to stop killing until they were caught. But there were a couple, you know, like the BTK killer and others that left clues Tony police like, hey, I'm so much smarter than you. You will never catch me. This, Hey, look, I'm, I'm leaving you these clues. You still can't figure it out because I'm smarter than you. You know, Dennis Rader was a freaking government employee in Wichita, in Wichita Falls, Canada, uh, Kansas. He, he was a dog. When they arrested him, he was a dog catcher. You know, he worked for the city whatever it's called, but, you know, when they had a nuisance dog in the neighborhood or whatever, yeah. he went and arrested Old school dog catcher. Yes. And it's just, he was, he was so confident and arrogant that he thought he would never be caught. Are there a lot of copycat serial killers? You hear about that in the movies and stuff, but I don't really there are hear. Not. They're not, are they? No. Because I kind of thought for a minute who was it you said that killed a lot of prostitutes? Uh, the Green River Killer, Gary Ridgway. But that didn't have anything to do with uh, Jack the Ripper? Nope. What do they think Jack the Ripper's motivation was? They don't know because they don't know who Jack the Ripper was. Right. There's, uh, there's a lot that was never there, There's a lot right? of conspiracy theories, you know, a lot of conjecture that thinks he was a member of the, you know, royal family. Yeah, that it had, like I've heard that it had sex with a prostitute and contracted a disease or got her pregnant and was killing her to cover that up. So he, he thought that, you know, if I just kill one, it's going to look obvious. So I need to kill a couple. You know, there's a lot of conjecture with the, the Jack the Ripper. Before we started recording, we were just sitting around talking and and I I was like, 
I know that um, what do you call it? The like there's lists and lists on the internet of the most prolific serial killers, and they normally go, <clears throat> excuse me, by body count. But there's a little bit of like I guess in my own personal mind that I don't just classify the body count as uh, alone, but the how gruesome. The, the the people were how evil and just how sadistic and crazy the murders were like Jeffrey Dahmer for example I mean he didn't kill the most people by any stretch of the imagination as far as serial killers as, as far as body count he wasn't that impressive compared to a lot of serial killers but the fact that he ate them <laughs> made that so so much worse I guess in in my mind and uh, you know that's that's why uh, John Wayne Gacy is so terrifying. John Wayne Gacy's the reason I hate clowns t- to this day. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's the, he's the inspiration for every scary, evil clown. And the thing is, his story is so crazy because he almost got caught. Like, he was on the verge of getting caught like a couple of times, right? Yes. And, and he just, like, moved because it was, like, what, the 70s? Yes, he and moved. He, and so, you know, the, the law, the... The region that he lived in, they're didn't like, have, hell, he's gone. I, we ain't got to worry about him have, now. Well, they didn't have internet to fight for yeah. his records. Uh, there was a comedian that did a bit on on this about living in like the early 90s before internet. He's like, man, you could move 10 miles from your house and start a whole new life. Exactly. And they would be on to him and he would just move and change his name or something maybe. And the, the, that wouldn't happen now. But the, uh, the amount of, of people he killed and the way he did it, He's just, he's a real, he was a real living monster boogeyman. He was. I mean. He was like a Freddy Krueger or a Jason, but he really existed. You know, I watched a documentary on him, and his dad was very domineering. You know, he was very, like, aggressive with John Wayne Gacy, and it made John Wayne Gacy real insecure about it, you know, his being a man, being a boy, because his dad always put him down. Yeah. But he was a high member of society, too. You know, he was on, at one time, he was on the mayor's council in Chicago. That just goes to show, you know, you don't, it's not like, you know, street bums that do this stuff. It, it's like high members of society that can have mental issues. And I don't. I think I told you earlier before we, we started the interview, a little research I've done today to get ready for this, the FBI estimates there's anywhere from 25 to 50 serial killers active in the U.S. as of right now. Any given time, they say there's 25 to 50, which a serial killer is defined as anybody that kills three or more people over a period of time with a particular motive and M.O., you know. And or they, no motive. Or uh, Well, you know what? I'm not motive, but M.O., how they do it, why they do right. it. They, they they estimate there's up to 25 to 50 at any given time in the U.S. That, that's scary like, to think. It is scary to think, but if it just feels like, and maybe I'm just totally um, in the dark here, it just feels like per capita. There's a lot more people in the world now. So obviously with more people, there's more screwed up people, more crazy people. But it feels like there's there's less serial killers now and it goes back to what I was saying earlier it feels like it's harder to be a serial killer now that, than it's ever been and I remember when, when I first approached you about doing this this segment I was like why don't we do something different this year and just do it on, on real life boogeyman because you're, you're an expert on 
serial killers. I asked you back then, what have serial killers are they are they are they phasing out? Is that a dying thing? Like, well, hopefully so, obviously. But I think you, you said like it's it's just evolving into something different, like mass shooters and yes. and things like that. Like it's still prevalent, but one, it's just harder to be one, and two, it's kind of different than it used to be. It, it is, you know, with technology nowadays, with DNA and all, all the things law enforcement have now, it's harder to be a serial killer. Back then, you know, they had free reign. They, they knew they couldn't be caught as long as they'd never been arrested and their fingerprints were on file. Right. They knew they would never be caught. So they could, you know, they had free, free reign over the, whatever territory they were in. It's harder to do it now, but at the same time, there are still people out there. The media just doesn't give them as much publicity if they only kill three or four people. You know, that's, that's sad to say in the world yeah. we live in nowadays. You know, they're looking for people that, like Virginia Tech goes in and shoots 36 kids in a, in a college. That's, that's the type of stuff the media is looking for nowadays. They're not looking for three or four people to get killed in three different states over a five-month span or whatever. They're still out there. It's just not as much publicity on it now. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, it was a major news story. Yeah. You know, because, you know, they, they wanted to let everybody be aware of it and put the fright in everybody so that, you know, people lock their doors, stay in their house, whatever. They're still there. They're just not as out in the open and as there, there's not as much publicity for them is what I'm saying. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, as, as I stated earlier, and thanks for not murdering me, by the way, when we were roommates. I was kind of worried there for a minute because you had a nice collection <laughs> of serial killer books. And I would walk by your room and sometimes I go, hmm, I wonder if he's doing research on how to murder me. But no, seriously, uh, what are some of the, like the best books you've read? I guess I don't want to say best because it's not like it's a good thing. But like, what are the most uh, compelling, captivating serial killer books that you you've read before? By far, the probably the one that had the most impact on me that made me wanted to read more and more and crave more and more was The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. Of course, it was about Ted Bundy because she worked with him, like we talked about yeah. earlier. But that book, man, will just make you, every page you turn, you're like, man, what was this dude thinking? You know, what must have been going through his victims' minds? That That's the mindset I get in when I read these books. Also, I can't remember the exact name of it. it, it it's called Bind, Torture, Kill, which was the BTK killer. And I can't, I can't even remember the author, but later, later on I can I can give it to you. But... The book on him and Helter Skelter is a good starting point. Helter Skelter. They made a movie, right? Yes. Helter Skelter. They've made a movie, several sure movies on Did it. Did he really make somebody's watch stop at the yeah, trial, or was they, that just they say embellishment that, but of Hollywood? They say that, but I don't. I don't think that actually happened. I think his battery just or he didn't want. But <laughs> Helter Skelter by Vin, Vincent Bugliosi is a good introduction into the world of the serial killers. It shows you the mindset of. You know, Charles Manson and his family. Like I said, when I read that book, when I was out in Fort Polk, Louisiana, some 28, 30 years ago, when I was on uh, training exercises, that book changed my life as far as my interest and what I wanted to do as far as reading. I was always a big reader, but, you know, I was I was big into history and war and, you know, anything like that, military. But 
I became addicted to reading true crime stuff then. Not because I wanted to be a killer like you thought I was going to kill you when we lived together. I was just interested in it because it, it fascinates me to think what caused these people to do this. Right. You know, are, are they the same as me? You know, are they the same as the my neighbor next door? Yeah, it makes you question everything. Could it makes you question Could it. this guy be a serial killer? Could something so bad happen to me that I became one? Could I develop some kind of sickness or illness that made me or my neighbor or my best friends? You know, it makes you question everything. It does. It's, it's real, and it's terrifying. It's, it's not a movie, you know, with a boogeyman on it. It's real-life boogeyman, like you stated earlier, you know. And you... Not only do I wonder about them, but I wonder about the people that they're victims. You know, I'm like, man, think about how terrifying that was, what they went through that last moment of their lives. And yeah, it's, like, it's not like somebody that hates me came after me. It's just a random, yes, the, you know, they random wake up, stranger that just decided to take my life. Exactly. They wake up in their bed one night and they're, they're, you know, the sanctity of their house and they've got a boogeyman standing over them. And it's not Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees. It's just a normal looking person, but he is he's a freaking devil. He's the monster. Well, if anybody listening has questions about uh any serial killers, we have us a resident expert. Uh hit us up and we will ask Barry and we'll let him answer your questions. And while I have you here as a captive audience, we gotta do your list. But first, we gotta take a break. Because uh I gotta pee. I do too. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell everyone where they can find real pop culture online in what we call The List. You just made The List! Thank you, Chris Jericho. You can go to www.realpopculture.com. That's our website. You can listen to episodes right there. You can download the Podomatic app, search for Real Pop Culture. You can download and listen to episodes there. Our Facebook account is facebook.com slash Podcast. Our Twitter is at realpopculture1. We're on Instagram. Search for us there. We're on iTunes, Google Play. You have to go to Google Play Music and then search for Real Pop Culture. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player.fm. All episodes are re-aired on The Edge Radio US, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. You just made the list! You can go to AdvertiseCast.com and find out how you, yes, you, can be a part of Real Pop Culture by way of advertising. You can give us a call on our voicemail line. That's area code 662-305-9783. You just made the list! And last but not least, you can always email us, popcultureforreal, that's the number four real, at gmail.com. All right. Like I said, well, I got, well, I got you captive audience. You did your list on here last year, right? Yes, I did. So you've been on the podcast before, but that was your first official like one-on-one interview. It was. You, you did. You did good in the hot box. You did good in the hot seat. I like the hot seat. You like the hot seat. I do. I'm in the hot seat every day for about eleven hours at work. <laughs> so this is like a welcome retreat from it. A good, a good hot seat. Okay. All right. So we're gonna do our list. I'll tell them what list we're doing here. We're well, doing our uh, our list of top 10 favorite horror movie sequels and uh you know elaboration elaboration when necessary <laughs> you want to start these aren't in any particular order or at least mine's not or yours we're we gonna go from 10 to one or i mean I, i've got 10 here but the, like mine is for the most part in order but maybe not all the way in order though so okay go with your number 10 my number 10 is children of the corn a lot, a lot of people don't realize that 
there there is there was a prequel to Children of the Corn called Disciples of the Crow. It was not. I nec- did it was, not know that. It was not necessarily a part of the Children of the Corn series, but it was it was based on a short story by Stephen King that led to the Children of the Corn. What? Yes, and. I just learned something, and Children of the Corn, to me, is like what it, it was in my list from last year, yes. top ten horror movies. Children of the Corn damaged me as a kid. Me too. I mean, it... He wants you too, Malachi. Yes, probably of any scary movie or whatever that I watched when I was a kid, that movie freaked me out more than any of them, because that shit could happen. Not necessarily maybe the way it went down on the movie, but... You know, growing up in, you know, small town Mississippi, there's a lot of cornfields around. So when you're nine or ten years old watching that movie for the first time, you know, you you got thoughts in your head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and again, I mentioned this in, in the interview talking about, like, the, the early 80s and stuff. Like, there was a lot of that satanic panic. Yes. So you had, like, this uh, – get just a little bit closer to that thing. You had, uh, like, this cult town, like, of devil worshipers, and you were like – it was almost like the it, it it had like an exorcist tone to me. It did, but I did not know that was a sequel. Can it, I add it, it to my list, or would that be too bandwagony? Yeah, it would be you <laughs> jumping on the bandwagon like all the Bama fans out there jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, uh, I'm a true Bama fan. I, I wondered how and when you would slip some oh. <laughs> some roll tide. Roll yeah. tide, baby. All right, my I'm gonna say it's my number ten. Mine aren't in really uh. Specific order. And this is a curveball to most people. Like, you just threw one. The Silence of the Lambs. It, uh, it's a follow-up to something else. Are the lambs still screaming? <laughs> Tell me, Clarice. Come on. I want to know. Um, there's a movie in 1986 called Manhunter. And I didn't know this until recently myself, but The Silence of the Lambs is actually the sequel to that. Was the Manhunter written by the same guy that wrote the Silence of the Lamb trilogy? Based on, it says on the Wikipedia, based on Red Dragon by, by Thomas, Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris, yeah. He, he wrote all the, he, yeah, he's the one who wrote all the Silence of the Lambs books. Well, there you go, people. We, we all just learned something together tonight. One, Children of the Corn is a sequel. Silence of the Lambs is a sequel. And I know it has a prequel as well. But the actual original movie, which holds up so good. We just watched that in here like a month ago. It did. And the whole time we were like, damn, this holds up good. And I've got a caveat to that. My next one on my list is Red Dragon, which is another sequel sequel. to Silence of the Lambs. Or is it a prequel? Which one was the prequel? Uh, Yeah, that was actually a prequel. Okay. But it still came after, so it counts. Yes. All right. My next one is the army of darkness or evil dead that's that's basically should be on everybody's list it's not on my list because i know it i didn't want to go cliche but i had to be honest even though army of darkness is going to be on any list of mine like even if this list was just top 10 movies that if if every other movie stopped existing but these 10 that would be on there yes it, it should it should be on my list, but it's not. I, I apologize. You can put it, you can, you, we can do honorable mentions. Yes. Uh, it was the perfect blend of comedy and horror. It was genuinely scary at, at moments. The casting was spot on all the way around. I mean, who else could have played Ash? 
other than Bruce Campbell? Nobody. And it, it never gets old. Anytime Army of Darkness is on, it, whether you walk, you know, bust up one of your friend's house and they're watching it and you start in the middle and watch to the end or if you're flipping through and it's on, there's, there's no time where you're just going to flip past that movie. You've got to watch it when it's on. And my next one would be Halloween Part 2. Mm. See, uh, that's interesting because, and I hope I don't get this wrong because the listeners will so hardly core correct me. I know, I know. Halloween one went straight into two. It did. Like, it was the same. It was night. like it was like but the I same think, night. I think four and five did the same thing. Yeah. Well, it was either four and five or three, five and it, six. It was because three didn't even exist. Yeah, three was like a wash. But they I think four never and five, it. and I don't think you have enough of that. This is what happens in cinema today. You get you every movie they bring in new writers, new directors, new you know interns, new everything, and they want to completely. All they want to keep in continuity is the character yeah, and write all Myers. new stuff around it. Yeah, but I don't think they do that enough anymore. Where it's like, hey, you know what? Let's just keep this going. You can't even watch an episode on a series now on TV where they pretty much pick up the next day. You know because what I'm that, saying? Yep, you're right. Because of that reason, they want their own stamp on something. Yes. They want their own whoever they're bringing in to do that that particular show or that movie. They want their own thing. I think it's cool when they just go, "Hey, let's keep this party let's going." Let's keep this going. You know, that's basically like, like you said. You know, let's part part started. one and two did, and part four and five did, and part four is on my list as well. But I, that's a spoiler. I'll let you go ahead and go. <laughs> um, speaking of movies that I would take with me if I was abandoned on a desert island and I could only take ten movies. And it was on my list last year, but it is a sequel. And I can't say it enough. Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. That's uh, one of the best horror movies, period. But definitely the best Jason movie, in my opinion. It's That is number one on my list, and it's number one for a reason. It, it, it is the ultimate in the, the Friday 13th collection, but to me... It's everything you wanted back in the, you know, late to or mid to late 80s or whatever. What, you know, me and you both were probably, what, 13 or 14 when this movie came out? Uh, what was that, 80? That, it had to be like 87, 88, somewhere around in there. Hang on, we're going to have to Google it or we'll get in trouble. Yep, 86. 86. I don't know how old I was then. Well, I was 10. I was 11 in 86, so. And I was already obsessed with Alice Cooper, so I was icing on the cake. But, but that, that, like I said, that was everything you wanted in a movie back then. You know, part one was great, you know, with Jason's mom doing the killing because, you know, the, the camp counselors let Jason drown in the lake. Part two was a little silly to me because, you know, it, it, they didn't have an identity yet on part two, you know, because he had the, the bag over his head yeah, instead of the mask. For it, yeah. they, were, they were searching for that identity. Part three, it kind of hit, but part four was – part four is like actually my second favorite. That's my uh, second favorite. Of that, that series. And part it five really, was my least favorite. Yes, part five with the ambulance driver and all that, that was my least favorite. See, that was part of it, just the title itself. Because I was so disappointed by part five. Exactly. When I went to the video store and saw the words, Jason Lives, mm -hmm. 
somehow I knew they course corrected the franchise. Exactly. I was like, this is going to be an awesome movie. CJ Graham, Kill Pop Culture alumni. It was Kill Pop Culture when it was on. It's real Pop Culture now. But, you know, part four. Did a great job as Jason. Part four got it the best it had been to date. And then, like you said earlier, they probably brought in a new director or whatever on part five. And he's like, hey, I'm going to put my new twist on this. And it sucked. But then part six, they get like, hey, we're, we're getting this shit right again. And they got it right again. Part six is my favorite of all the Friday the 13th. And then, like I said, part four is my second favorite. Absolutely. And there's a lot of purists that say, <clears throat> like, part three was great. If you t- if you take out the fact that you know Jason wasn't in it, like that that was the only thing that sucked about it, and I don't know because I, I guess because I watched it when it came out, it's hard for me to get past the fact that Jason wasn't in a Jason movie. I'm sorry, it makes it suck. It does. Whose turn is it? I feel like we both just went. Yeah, I think we both just went like two or three up our list. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball at everybody right now. And one reason I picked this movie is because I was so shocked that it was so good because of of the backstory. And the backstory is this. The movie from Dust Till Dawn is great. The movie from Dust Till Dawn 2 is horrible. It's like vampires robbing a bank. Yes. You remember that? It's bad. So stupid. But for some reason, there was another, there was like a straight to DVD Dust Till Dawn movie called Dust Till Dawn 3 The Hangman's Daughter, which was actually a prequel. I do not know if I've ever seen that. It is great. I mean, it's got B movie like uh, quality to it, but it's really good. The story is good. The casting is good. The acting is good. Um, You know what? at the end of the movie, they do like this kind of like reveal where the the bar that all that took place in the back of it looks like this big, uh, almost like a pyramid type temple. Yes, it like goes into that and what that was, and really, really awesome movie. Awesome enough for me to you know put it in this list so that people will go watch it. The Hangman's Daughter, and it takes place in the, like in the old west, like I guess like eighteen hundreds. Cool. I'm, 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 like I said, I, I don't think out. I've ever seen that. It does and not I'm going to have to watch it. Your turn. All right. Next on my list is I think we covered Halloween 2 and I colored, covered Halloween 4. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, which mm. is actually the reboot of. The prequel to the. the yes, it was actually a prequel to the re- original. Boom. Remake, yes. reboot, prequel. Yeah, you know, it gets confusing. <laughs> But it's a good movie. You're absolutely right. It is. I, I, I like the new twist on it, but they, they kind of kept some of the same stuff of the, the old Texas Chainsaw Massacres, but they, they gave like a little refresher and, and life to the a, a new part of it, and I really liked it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and name this one for my next one since you brought up Chainsaw. Um, I got to go with Chainsaw 2, and I got to tell you, I remember when I watched Chainsaw 1 as a kid, First of all, let's just think about the name of that movie. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I got to rent that. I mean, exactly. I've got to. I, 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 there's no choice just because of that title. And I take it home and watch it. And the, the credits start and that, that monotone voice talking about, like, 
you know, making you think this shit was real. I was like, damn, this is scary. And a whole piece of cinema history masterpiece ensues. Then I rented Chainsaw 2 after it came out. And I got to be honest, uh, I wasn't that impressed with it the first pass through. But the more I watched it, the more I under started understanding, like the older I got. And, and in hindsight, I saw the cult classic appeal of it. It was a big departure, I think, from the first one. But for some reason, as I've gotten older and appreciated older horror more, I appreciate Chainsaw 2 more. I, I'm, Does that make sense? Yes, it makes perfect sense because, like I told you earlier, I'm I'm definitely more of an old-school horror movie type guy. You know, I like a lot of the newer stuff that is coming out, but I will always fall back on the old-school stuff, you know, in the 80s. Yeah, some people, you know, watch it now will find it comical, but imagine watching that, you know, in our time frame when we were 10, 11 years old yeah. with, with the technology and all that you had back then. You didn't have any, and it was just – Spend a night, you know, with your buddy and had two or three other guys. You go outside, your dad scaring you, stuff like that. That that brought them to life. Yeah. What's your next one? Oh, uh, my <clears throat> next one is Psycho 2. Mm. Psycho was another one of that those things. That was way later past Psycho 1, like many years later. It right? was like nine years later. Because 1960 was Psycho 1. Yes, it was like nine to ten years. I, th- I believe it came out in the 70s. You can look it up, Google it real quick to make sure we're right. Because he, like, reopened the Bates Motel. Yes. It was 83. 83. So it was like, shit, it was like 13 years later. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, yeah, that was a long time later. But, see, I actually watched. directed that bad boy? Alfred Hitchcock was dead by then, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, he died, like, a long time ago. Yeah, Psycho 2 was good. But I actually watched this before I watched the first part, you know, because I was a little eight- or nine-year-old kid back then, and, you know, it was coming on HBO, Cinemax, or whatever. Well, yeah, because the first one came out in 1960. Exactly. We weren't alive then. (laughs) So I watched this one first, actually, before I ever watched Psycho. So after I watched this one, you know, I'm like, holy crap. I, You know, I couldn't go to bed that night because I was so scared. And my mom like, hey, you need to go get a bath or whatever. I'm like, I'm not getting that damn bathtub. You kiss my ass. <laughs> you know what's crazy? That guy looks just like the original guy too. That, that it's the same guy. That's that's uh, really that's some good. I was gonna say that's some good casting. Yes, that's the same guy. What is his name? I can't remember. Anthony Perkins. Yes, that's it. So he's the one from 1960. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's why he looks like him. <laughs> that checks out. But. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That was a good movie. Oh, uh, and I promise I'm not just picking kill. Uh, I'm not just picking real pop culture alumni members. I would have the same list regardless of whether or not they've been on the show. But uh, the Devil's Rejects, I had to put that in there because it it was way better for me. I didn't really like the the first one. The House of of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses was... uh, I'm not going to say I don't like it. It just didn't hit me the same way Devil's Rejects did. I I agree with you. It landed in a more 
understanding plays, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, I, I really don't know how to put my finger on it, but Devil's Rejects was, was better to me than House of a Thousand Corpses. There's a lot of horror movie purists that will f- just destroy me for that, but really looking forward to Three from Hell. That's, I, I, I agree with your take on it. The, the House of a Thousand Corpses, I liked it, but it just didn't grab me. This one right here, me and Kyler, my son, actually watched this together. We both loved it. And it, it was, to me, it was ten times better than the first one. All right, so this will be number eight for you. No, seven. Or next. No, it's number four for me. I'm not keeping up with one. numbers. Now I'm on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Oh, man. I see Damn. that's on your honorable mention list. Well, <laughs> my honorable mention was Elm Street 3. And I have Elm Street 2 in my list. But what I really would like to have done is put 2 and 3 in my list. But Because that's just when... That's when, like, Freddy was in that transitional phase, especially in Part 3. And it also had Dawkins on the soundtrack, dude. You can't go wrong with Dawkins back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good soundtrack. It was. But no, I mean, that's when Freddy started doing his taglines, like, welcome to prom, Tom, bitch. Yeah. And he shoved her in the TV. And, like, you know, later he did the Bon Appetit, bitch. Like, yeah. he started being, like, people started cheering for him. And 1 and 2, people were still so scared of him, they weren't going to They clap. didn't want to go to sleep that night. Right. Uh, that's why I put two in my top ten because I was still in that terrified stage. Like, holy shit, this guy's scary. Like, I don't, I don't want to go to sleep. I'm gonna start drinking coffee at age, you know, twelve or whatever. Exactly. When you're a kid, you're watching that. You're like, this shit could really happen. And you're like, because <laughs> I dream some messed up stuff. Exactly. I don't want to dream something that makes me actually, you know, die. So yeah, it, it's man. I don't. I don't dislike any of the Freddy movies. Really, I can't think of one that I just hated. There, there was one that I didn't really care for. I can't even remember what part it is now. But like you said, I could watch all of them though. You're next. No, I just named one. You named a nightmare, and then I named my nightmare. Okay. My next one is Amityville Horror Two. Hmm. Cause that shit really happened. Wait, what? Yes, that, that, oh, yeah, that is yeah, based, based on, a, on a, that's based on a true story. I knew about, part one was based on a house, but uh, I can't remember. Like, what are we doing in part two? It, basically, the same thing as part one, but it, it's at the same house. Is that the one with the bees and shit? In it? Yes, new new people what buy year it. Was that I used to that was probably about eighty. I'm just butchering the spelling. Yes, you are. Thank God for artificial intelligence. Horror. Do Amityville Horror 2. And then two. 2 would have been about 80. 82. Yeah, 82, 83. See, like, well, that was like, a pretty good gap from 79 to 82. But like I said about Psycho a while ago, I saw this one I first. I got a horror movie a year back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I saw yeah. this one first before I saw part one because, you know, when I was seven, eight years old, this was on HBO Cinemax or whatever like that. And I'm like, watch it. I'm like, holy shit, this is bad. Where's that house at? I, wonder, I, I want to say it's in New Jersey. Can you like go there and hang out? You used to could. I'm, I'm sure they still toured. I, look it up. I, I, I want to say it's in New Jersey or Pennsylvania. Amityville Horror House. Open 1924. 112 Ocean Avenue. I want to say it's in New Jersey. See if you can find an address on it. I just, 112 Ocean Avenue. Yeah, but what state is it in? Ooh. It says right there it's like 30 miles outside of New York. 
I bet CDs. the person I bet the person that owns the place is listening to this going, man, y'all quit. <laughs> y'all shut up, man. We don't want no people here. <laughs> we got people over here all the time wanting to come in. Amityville murders, the true life killings that inspired the movie. Yeah, that movie was creepy, man. It was. And like I said, the reason it was so creepy for me because that shit really happened. Or it was based on something that really Or it was based it, on something that really happened. It's close enough to my hometown. Well, yeah, close enough to... Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Man, them Cenobites are some scary sons of bitches. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. If hell actually opened up, right, like if a portal of hell opened up right here, I think what would come walking out would look just like that. Pinhead. Yeah, and all the all the Cenobites. Yes. Like him and the girl with the with the neck that was all open. And there was like the dude with the CDs in his head. You remember him? Yes. It was all like clacking his teeth together all the time. What year did that come out? That that was like late eighties, wasn't it? Shit. We probably should have researched all this shit before we done this. No, they like hearing me type. Cause I got a noisy keyboard. Yeah, not nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, part part one was absolutely just it was terrifying. It was. And part two come out, and you had like you focused on the whole group of them. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. It was. Are we on the last one? No, I'm on number two. All right. Give me number two. I've actually already mentioned it. It's Friday the thirteenth, part four. That is the episode that 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 is the movie with Corey Feldman in it. That's right. And like I said, part one was great, you know, with Jason's mom doing the killing because, you know, the camp counselors let him drown. Part two, you know, they were still trying to find their identity. You know, they had they had the potato sack over his head with the eye cut out. Part three was just a shit show to me. And then part four, they finally got it right to me. That's when it started becoming, you know, this is Jason it right It changed here. the status quo. Exactly. And you know what I like about it is the I appreciated the continuity. Because when Corey Feldman hit him in the head with the machete and knocked his mask off, it put a slit in his mask. Well, Jason kept that slit in yeah. his mask for like ever. For like ever. Like all, like every every Jason movie, they changed the mask a little, but they kept that one slit in the top where where Corey Feldman hit him with the machete. And Corey Feldman, Tommy. Corey Feldman's character was Tommy, which comes back in part six and digs him up and puts the rod in him in the, in the electric. You, the you had zombie Jason him. after that. Yes. Yeah, and he had the slit in his mask. Exactly. And it was like uh, there was a. I can't remember which Chucky movie it was. I think it was like either Bride or Seed of Chucky where Chucky's face got just all messed up. And like for a couple of movies after that, they kept it that way. They still That's the way it should be. Like his face got messed up and stayed messed up. You know, with the scars and shit. Like like he didn't look like a perfect doll anymore. He had scars. That's the way it should be. You know, like we were talking about Halloween earlier. Go from one, you know, like one day to the next. You know, don't don't have it like eight years later or whatever. All right, so where are we at? Um, You're on 
You're on number one. Is my number one or my number two? Because I originally had nine. You done? Yeah, you you already done a Hellraiser, so you're on number one. Okay, <clears throat> my number one movie. Well, mine weren't in order, but I'm glad I, I saved this one for last because this is a good backstory here. Very very underrated, often overlooked. Blade Two: The Electric Boogaloo. That was a badass movie. Blade was the man. It was. The Daywalker. And what was, uh, what was crazy about Blade, like I, I love the original, but Blade 2 is when, you remember, the vampires were no longer the top of the food chain. They had these, these what they call them, Reapers? Yes, Reapers. And their, their like bottom jaw would open up and they'd kill the vampires. So like the vampires had to go get Blade they had to go get Blade 2 to help them. <laughs> they didn't get Blade 1. So they actually had to get, they had to team up. Blade 2 was awesome. Yeah. And what's what's the thing is like, a lot of people didn't like Blade 3 very much. And I feel like a lot of the dislike for Blade 3 somehow spilled backwards onto Blade 2. So people don't remember it as fondly. But it's on Netflix right now. You need to go back and watch it. Blade 2 is a good movie. I like it. The Daywalker is a best some bitch. Matter he, of fact, dude. he's got a sword. He's got guns. He's got a like a a star, uh, like a ninja star. He throws at you. He can catch it. He's badass. He's badass. It it, it would be on my honorable mention list. I love I love Blade Two. Hit me with your number one, baby. My number one we already talked about is actually your number three is Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. To me, that's the ultimate horror movie. You know, horror movies back in the 80s are a little different now, horror movies now. Horror movies now, you know, they're like all for the fright factor and, you know, creepy and all of that. Back then, yeah, they were creepy to us because we were like 10 or 11 years old, but they also had a little comical effect. Yeah. And, you know, it was basically satirical comedy back then. But at the same time, man, that movie... I just loved the movie. I loved everything about it. You know, I loved the the plot of it. And I was so ready after part five to see Jason back. And he came back and he's kicking ass like ever. Yep. It it just, that that movie to me was one of my favorites of my childhood. I just realized when you were saying all that, that I've I've inadvertently gone through all of my honorable mentions except for um, Freddy versus Jason. Man, I waited for that movie. Like, when I was a kid, that was the ultimate showdown. That was up there with The Undertaker versus Sting. Like, that was... There was no Undertaker versus Sting. I'm just saying, like, that was (laughs) the ultimate clash of the titans, Freddy versus Jason. And me and my friends would argue about it, like, oh, Freddy would win, oh, Jason would win. And I always said Jason happened. will win because he never went to sleep. Edit that out, sorry. <laughs> it, it, it finally happened. They finally got together, and it didn't get received well. I think part of it was, and I've talked about this movie on here before, part of it was because they didn't use uh, Kane Hodder for Jason, which I agree they, they should have. Even though, you know, CJ Graham's my boy. Real pop culture alumni member. They should have used Kane Hodder. 
they should have used uh, excuse me, I can't remember her name, but the woman that played Jason Jason's mom originally. Uh, she's dead now, but yes. she wasn't dead then. They should have used her. There's there's things they should have done differently, but the movie was good. I like how they got um, Freddy to manipulate Jason to kill for him until he was strong enough to come back in through the to the real world and stuff. Like there's, I could go on and on about that movie, but it's very 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 underrated. It's definitely a sequel. Yes, definitely. So it made my honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions? Well, I, I don't have them listed, but like Blade Two would be on mine, and the Army of Darkness will be on mine. I, I don't have them written down, but Signs of the Lambs. I did not know that was you know basically a sequel. I didn't know Children of the Corn was a sequel. And Signs of the Lambs would definitely been on my list if I knew that. Yeah, man that that movie was a lot. It was psychological. It was a psychological thriller. It was a horror movie. It was, it was Anthony, good. They could not have picked a better person than Anthony Hopkins to play that. Oh, part. he is Hannibal Lecter. He, he is Hannibal Lecter. He is as much Hannibal Lecter as Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. Exactly. You, you, they couldn't have picked a better person to do that. Good casting choice. Good job. Exactly. All right. Well, that's our lists. What do you guys think? Y'all, uh, y'all got one more episode to submit your lists, so we can read them off on the air. Keep them coming. Give us some feedback, man. Come on. Yeah, girl. When I design. Those new band shirts look awesome. Where did you get those done? At Anarchy Design. They do screen printing now? Oh yeah, they do professional custom screen printing at a very competitive rate. Well, where can I find them? Look them up on Facebook, facebook.com slash anarchydesign69, or email them at anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. You can check out some of their work on their Facebook page. When you're ready to order, you can send them your idea, or they can design it for you. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. And we're back. We got me, Anthony, and Sean K. Franks here. It's Frank. There's no S. Oh, my bad. There's two of you, though. Where's the K, though? Kyle. Kyle? Yeah. Yeah, Kyle. Like I'm the savior when um, uh, uh, Anthony, make sure you get right when okay. AI takes over. So you be our savior. Yeah. So if you was like me and went by your middle name, you could be a NASCAR driver. Yeah, pretty Kyle. much. Got Kyle. Kyle Frank. We got Kyle Frank coming around turn three. Car, car, car ran good. It ran real good. <laughs> Anybody you want to thank for that? <laughs> <laughs> Driving a bag of cars. Pepsi Mountain Dew, Taco yeah. Bell. Bag. Bag of cars going hard. <laughs> well folks what we got for us right now is our list we've got our sequel Sequel. to horror movies that we think are good Mm mhm so Sean you want to go first or oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean let me hit you with something something you tell he's the youngest because me and you got our list wrote down on paper. He's got, <laughs> he it's in my phone. phone. He's, got his, he's got his on his phone. 
Well, I made it on the drive over here. I had an hour or so. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> plenty no of time to think. <laughs> hey, I can edit this out because I'm talking. But do y'all want to go 10, 10, 10, like traditional, and then 9, 9, 9, and count down? Or do you want one person to go all 10, then the next person all 10? I don't know. Actually, it doesn't matter. Hey, it don't matter. You keep up with it if you do them separate. Yeah. Yeah. You do, yeah. Do your number 10, then your number 10, then your number 10. Yeah. 9, 9, 9, oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Well, mine's not. While you're really... doing, I need something to drink. I don't care what it is. Do you want a beer? Uh, yeah, I don't oh, have any beer. Oh, why don't you hand me another one? Uh, yeah. Okay. These are in no particular order. At least mine's not. Mine's not either. Mine's not in like a uh, order of. Uh... Well, they're not in particular order. The all the shit I just said. <laughs> as far as best or worst or whatever, it's not a. Yeah, I just wrote a list. I just wrote a list of the of the ten. Because I mean, if it's a good horror movie sequel they're few and far to come by right. anyway so so yeah we'll just we'll Sorry. just each we'll just name one and then go around we'll do it like that all right mine number 10 is jeepers creepers part two. Oh, i didn't even think about that yeah how you like that somebody's got a drink that was a good <laughs> one is that drinking game still going on i don't know if it ever started but uh, well, Sierra will say. Sierra that. said we needed to do a drinking game every time somebody opened a beer or said hops. We'd have somebody who should drink. So well, that's just, two that, drinks right there. Every time I say it. somebody, every, every time I do it, I say somebody needs to take a drink. Hops, 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 hops. Hops, 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 hops. All right, my I'll say number ten is Puppet Master. Two, three, you know, all of them after that. I'm going to start from the bottom. Mine's Friday 13th, too. Oh, before he even... I, I, he ain't even had the mask yet. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, it's still burlap head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number nine. With all the people talking in the background and picking it up on the f- thing. Yeah. Y'all want to be on the podcast. Y'all come up here and talk to the mic. What? All right. Podcast Nazi over here. <laughs> Number nine, uh, Scream Two. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I really liked how uh, the guy ended up being the half brother or whatever, and um, he was like a or no, he wasn't even the brother. That's right. It was his um, friend. Is his mom banged banged? I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> you just said you just dropped the f bomb, boss. Um, <laughs> yeah, that will have to get in now. His or her mom slept with his dad or whatever, and the way he snapped out at the end like a psycho was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number nine would be the Purge, two <sighs> specifically, but Man. three was also really good. I didn't even think about the Purge. Well, see, I didn't. I didn't know if the Purge really uh, yeah, considered a horror one. movie or like an action thriller or. Yeah, it's one of those either. Because it really wasn't scary, but it's one of those that's like, oh my god, dude, that'd be horrible if that was true. I see. Yeah, damn man, it is scary. If somebody said, "Hey, Purge's going on tomorrow," I'm not. I'm not going to be that weird guy. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna go out and kill people. No, no, I'm not. I'm hiding. I'm hiding. <laughs> I'm hiding. I don't know who'd be coming after me. <laughs> right, I'm hiding. <laughs> uh, whose turn? Yours. Uh, mine's uh. Halloween 2. I mean, I started out to put that just because it's so obvious. Which one, though? The original uh, the original Halloween. The original. Halloween. Okay. The original cause yeah, I know that was a big thing on, Rob, on the list on the 101. Rob Zombie's sequel sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm creepy old, so yeah, Halloween 2, the original. Yeah, I, 
I prefer the original myself. Number eight, Hannibal. I didn't add it because so many people have already said it. Oh, did they? But no, it's fine because I, D- Hannibal was great. It was like one of those psychological horrors. My number eight would be Paranormal Activity 2 throughout. You know, just, just whatever. All yeah. I, I still ain't seen them. I've seen two. I've seen some of three, but they scare me so bad. No, I've seen them all. They're, 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 they're good. What number? Eight. Uh, Child's Play 2. See, that's a good oh, wow. I didn't even think about Child's Play. That was, except for the last couple, those have been some really oh, good the, sequels. The first, the first, three. one was great. Two was, two was good. Three, three was, was good. Three was good. Then it started getting weird. Yeah. What do you mean? You didn't like um, Bride of Chucky? I thought that one was awesome. I, I like Bride of Chucky just because it, it was funny. Okay. Yeah. Just because it was funny. Yeah, right? and it turned more into a funny movie than it did a the horror one, movie. The one with the kid was. Oh, oh child of Chucky or, or oh whatever God, it was. that was horrible. That was it was scarier because that kid. Yeah, that kid that was, was weird. Then yeah. they added that British accent <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> Hello, mom. Hello, mom. Father. Oh, oh. No, no. Shut up, kid. <laughs> uh, number seven, Saul two. Oh. Hey, Mark, did you hear that? That, that Mark hasn't seen yet. Mark hasn't seen. Mark. Mark's got fire. Yeah. <laughs> I got fire for talking, which is the only thing I do. Yeah. Yes, Mark's definitely got to watch that. Uh, my number seven is Insidious Two. Which I mean, I mean, take that back. Insidious Three, because I haven't seen two yet. I kind of missed two and watched right, three in the Two's theater. Good. Yeah, they creep me out. For they real. Creep you out. Three that freaked me out. That little Darth Maul demon looking bastard pops his head up and they're like, whoa, there he is. That's what gets me. That's what got me on the first <laughs> First one, one like, yeah. It was like they took everything we knew about Ghost and put it into one movie. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, And I didn't no. see two. I, for some reason, I, I skipped over it. We went and watched three at a, the theater. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting old Darth Maul to jump out at any moment. <laughs> so I was, I was ready to myself the entire movie and... Yeah, then when he did jump out, I lost it. It, yeah. it, it was bad. Who we at? Who's that? Who we at? Me? Yeah, you. Uh, Hellraiser 2. Hellraiser 2. Hell, hell, was that Hellbound? Yeah. Right. Oh, you skipped one. Or did you do that on purpose? Oh, yeah, I skipped one. I did. Jeepers Creepers 2. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't think I'd have that on my list, did you? Yeah. Hey, that was a good Man, that little dude on Jeepers Creepers, that's, that's a villain. Him, when it, oh, yeah, right. That's, that's a villain. Right? That's a bad guy. Oh yeah! He's got a, just the way, just how viciously he just ripped he's got a cool, someone's head off. He's got a cool truck. He's got a and cool truck. And he's cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he assimilates them. Yeah. yeah. That was what was. It's cool. like Mothman on steroids. He's like, oh my god, I lost my arm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then like, he just took somebody else's arm and threw it on there. I just want to know. Like, oh, yeah, like where did like I want to know what's the uh, what's where the, who wrote that and where did they get uh, the inspiration for it? Oh, I don't know. The creature creation. What what kind of what's his uh, etymology? What, where does he come from? Do you get, get two, two D&D on you? You know, when you got a D&D monster? I don't even know. What, oh, yeah. When, he, when you had the monsters, man. I know he comes yeah. like every, what is it, 27 years or we, something uh, like that? No, that's Pennywise. When you had the, yeah, oh, yeah. when you had the monsters manual in D&D, you it got was, where the monsters But from, he has the thing, habit, too. His life yeah, cycle. It it's like so every so many, many springs. Yeah. yeah. It's spring when he comes. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Oh, good catch. Oh, yeah. You almost lost your list. <laughs> <laughs> what are we on six? Yeah. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. You know, me and Anthony, I think, are gonna line up. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. We like the same stuff. Well, I think we all are. That's gonna. Be, yeah. With with the exception of maybe a couple. Would it? And the, and the, and the couple that we we don't have the same we agree on. Yeah. So I mean, we just didn't we just didn't remember to put them on the list. Because my number seven is the Conjuring Part Two. Oh yeah. That that was pretty freaky to me. You can tell I'm more old school. Oh, we ain't got to our old oh, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony. Uh, I already said Hellraiser yeah, 2. Yeah, Hellraiser 2, which all of the Hellraisers were good yeah. to me. To the one that got in outer space. Uh, yeah. That was weird. That, that was that was like Friday the 13th, Jason in space. That, well, that hold up now. On Jason X, though. We're telling you, young guy over here. The little, the little sim- Those kills were awesome, son. Oh, they were. Yeah. I like how... He killed like seven people in the first two minutes of the movie. The little the simu- the simulated... Uh, when he got that sim- sleeping bag and he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, and the girls are moaning. They're like, oh. Yeah. Or first they're like, they're like, like, come on. And then and then the next <laughs> scene you see is him bashing them against a tree. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. What number? I already did my number six. What was your number six? Friday the second part two. Friday the second part Friday, two. Right, yeah. so Friday, <laughs> Friday the thirteenth part the second two. Part thirteen. <laughs> uh, what's your number six? Mine was the Conjuring. All right. Then what's yours? Okay. His was Hellraiser two. Well, we're, oh, okay, we're, so we're on five. We're on yeah. five now. All right. Mine's a uh, mine's Paranormal Activity two, or whatever after. Yeah. Mine for number five is this movie I just watched, and it's it's technically the character. It's the second time. It's not necessarily a part two, but it's the second time this character's in a movie or whatever. Because the first one was like a short film thing, and then this movie came out, and it's called Terrifier, and it's on Netflix. Oh, that's with the clown, the weird clown dude. Bro, yeah, I watched some of it over the week. Bro. Like that guy. I didn't realize it was a sequel or, or whatever. Or I, I haven't seen, seen the, the first short film thing, but since he's in this this movie called Terrifier, um, I might as well I count that as he's like a coming sequel. In, he's getting it by default, technically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, it is a reoccurring role. Man, so. he saws this girl in half, and I've never seen someone get sawed in half this way, and he's just like... Like all about it. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. I didn't know. Yes. I didn't know. Sean you you need to check that I out. Sean was authority on sawing chicks in half. I take his word. I'm talking about it in movies. <laughs> like I'm seeing, you know, like saw and all that stuff. But like oh, the way ready? this guy goes about yep. it, it's like a whole new mm-hmm. ball game. Somebody got drink. Uh, mine is Friday Thirteenth. Just anything any, after one. Any of them. I, all of them, really. Except for Jason Takes Manhattan. To me, that was probably one of the worst. That's, that, yeah, that's when Hollywood got involved and like just totally it had disrespected really good, it. Well, it had some really good spots in it. Like when he's walking through and he kicks Odoo's boombox. How do you go from a lake in New Jersey or wherever <laughs> and then somehow out in the ocean? And the cruise there. ship. Today. Like was was the cruise ship on the lake, and then they went down a river, <laughs> went according, kayaking down a river. According to the storyline, yes, there, there was a. 
Yeah, but they in space thing. The space thing, I get that. You could, that was more believable. Science, man. <laughs> because it was so many years in the future, and yeah. it was cryogenically and all this. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, you ain't gonna be on Camp Crystal Lake. And then in the on ocean. A cruise ship. And then in New York City. <laughs> I then end up in, in Manhattan. Yeah, that was bad. And also, if you if I read about this, um, there's no blood in it because of you know the people that were whoever Fox Century or whoever oh, was really? in charge of it. If you go back and watch it, like oh, there's kill scenes, but there's no blood. Yeah, there was a, I, you know, I never thought about that. Cause they're like, well, we can't have blood. It was a cruise ship, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got number four. four. Number four. What do We're I on got? Four or five? We're on four. Oh, five. I did my five. I did mine. Cause that's what we're talking about. Oh, I have more. I have, yeah, I have more than I have. I have like eleven on there. That's I did too, and that's what's throwing me off. That's what's throwing me off. Uh. So what was your five? Mine is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So that's my six. Yeah, Paranormal Activity 2. Then the Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're, we're lined up still. Okay. I'm going to say Wes Craven's New Nightmare and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. I was uh, like 11 that, yeah, put us when uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare came mm-hmm. out, and it scared the yeah, Jesus, Jesus out Nightmare. of me. It's, 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 uh, I couldn't go to sleep without a light on. Twenties. It's a good show. And yeah, it, it creeped me out. But the mechanical glove. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. That, oh, yeah. that messed me all up, all up. <laughs> no respect. I get no respect. No respect. <laughs> no respect. Uh, mine is Army of Darkness. I know it's not really a horror. But it's, to me, I love that one. That's my favorite one because it's so funny. It is hilarious. Like when they, they, they're they all like little guys and they're like attacking him or whatever. Yeah. Like all that's hilarious to me. Because, I mean, Army of Darkness. That's mine. Yes. No, that's mine. It's empty, though. Uh, <laughs> Evil Dead 1 and 2 was literally the same movie. One, two, just had more money thrown at it. Mm. So, yes, Army of Darkness to me was great. Right. What was your number four? I his, his was Nightmare on Elm Street three, but we kind of combined. Kind of combined those together just to get back on track. Back on track. Which I'm still behind one somehow. Um, because you didn't get back on track like I did because you had. Because I, I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was more of like it's the same family, so I just kind of combined. Yeah. Him. Right. My number four is Alien vs. Predator Part 2. The first one was eh. The yeah. second one was way more badass. See, that's another one that's that's kind of hard to classify as either sci-fi or horror. Yeah. Like, something bursted out of somebody's chest, it's horror. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah there you go. With that much blood <laughs> in it, you know, that's, it's horror. And, like, and then the alien dude had that cool boomerang thing, and he hacked that, that dude or girl up. Hit, or hit them and they came oh, yeah. stuck up on the wall. That was pretty awesome. All right, mine is Leprechaun 2. I'm going back old wow. school. That was the only good one out of the Leprechaun series. <laughs> Even better than the first one? It was way better than the first one. I don't remember. Jennifer Aniston, Aniston was, was in, in that. that. Yep. Yeah, that, Jennifer right? Aniston was in yeah. that. Yeah. It's been years since I've watched him. 
Yeah, one was one was pretty. It was, you could tell it was the foundation. Right. It was was kind of which one was good for what it was, but when two come around, they like really they had, threw money. They had a little bit more money, a little yeah. bit more money. I yeah, and it wasn't Leprechaun in the Hood. Now that was a little. No, no, that one was good. That was, that was, that was freaking horrible. Pinnacle. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> horrible. Horrible, but good. Horrible. It's it like was... stop watching Leprechaun movies now. <laughs> Love it. We're on three now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like mine's Leprechaun 2. So. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Yeah. We matched up on that one. Mine, um, number three, is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the reboot. 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 Uh, the, it's actually a prequel, but those two reboots that they did were so good and like, holy crap, like that's real. That could be real somewhere. Yeah, just because yeah. it's small Texas town, the the mill or well the slaughterhouse goes under, mm-hmm. and everyone leaves except for whatever weirdos left behind. Yeah, and they just start chopping visitors up and all that stuff. I watched all the Chainsaw Massacres, but I never was really a big Chainsaw Massacre fan. I like even them. though the reboots. I even the reboots. I mean, I watched that them guy school. early who was amazing. Uh, What's his name? Early. That military guy oh, uh, had to show mail call in the nineties. You talking about L. Emery? Yeah, Emery, yeah, there he goes. My yeah. Oh yeah, he was. He was, was awesome. Well, Gunny, but, yeah, that, awesome. That was weird. Yep. Uh, but I was never a, a fan of Leatherface and stuff like that because okay. I was more of a a Freddy and Michael Myers oh, okay, guy. Gotcha. It's, to me, he just kind of fell right in with them. So I was always a huge fan. But there were so many sequels. Like they kind of already, you don't know sequels. what, don't know where yeah. it was. There's that, my, oh, go ahead. You had that weird one with Matthew McConaughey and his leg and the remote controls. And I don't know what that, I don't even know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> it was the early, it's the 80s and yeah. 90s, man. That was like, cool. that's well, even the for ones me. Even that come out with here lately, the ones in 2000. Oh, well, yeah, they did, they've done two it of them. It is horrible. The last, wait a minute, no, they've done, yeah, they've done two. There's like seven of them? They rebooted. Uh, like 2007 or something like 2006, 2007, and Michael Bay was involved, and these are the two I'm talking about, and they were awesome. Yeah, those are good ones. Then so. they did two more since then, and I didn't even watch that last one where they're trying to say that he was in a sane asylum, trying to work that whole Michael Myers yeah. angle, and I didn't even go see that because I was yeah, like, man, that's trying to. Well, that's there's too, there's two that was like straight to DVD. Off. It was like Blue Line or Blue Moon Media, so you know it's like B-rated. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it was horrible. So, well, my number three is Ghoulies 2. Wow. I forgot all about that. Ghoulies. Maybe they just pop up out of the toilet. Pop up yeah. out of the toilet. <laughs> that may be, as a kid, like, not want to go sit yeah. on the toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I and, uh, definitely, I've never used a porta potty because of that movie ever. <laughs> but that was part one, though. At ever? The fair. Yeah, that was bad. Ever the fair scene? I remember that, and I've only seen that movie once. And I saw that movie when I was like nine or ten. Or uh, yeah, I was like seven or I eight. Was like, when forget it came that. Out, I was maybe. a little older when it came out. That's, I wouldn't be. It was weird. Goodies is weird though. It was, it, it was, it was weird, weird, but it was it was at the time during it was the weird horror movie. Yeah, yeah, like little monsters and puppets. Uh, and Chud. All of those Chud, come out. Chud was different. Di- Chud was scary. Chud was a little it different. It was, but it was all at the same time. Oh, yeah. That 80, yeah. Number my, two, my number two is Gremlins 2. Gremlins. See, Gremlins 1 scared the fire out of me because I was so young. But 2, I thought was like so awesome because I was so much older. 
I, I'm a grimness too. I was kind of iffy on if it was horror or not, but I think it classifies as horror. I think it does. Just because. It's a little monster. That little... spider gremlin? No. Uh, Bro. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> the gargoyle. The, the bat one. I mean, the bat. Oh, yeah, the, the bat was cool. The, but the spider one. The smart one. It's like, oh, yeah, the smart one was yeah. awesome. What, 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 was that you? Kelsey Grammer? I want what you. Yeah, that was his voice. Is that his voice? That was the. That shows my age a little bit. The smart, the smart group. Gremlin was awesome. That, that yeah, was he awesome. was great. Um, my number two was Devil's Rejects. We was talking about that earlier. Me and uh, Ritter were. To go from the psychedelic trip of the first one, of like you had to be on drugs to watch it, and then to strip everything down uh-huh. and do the second one like that. Awesome. Which I really can't wait for that the clown one comes out. That clown? Get this volume. What's the matter? You don't like clowns? Aren't we f***ing funny? <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two is Critters 2. Oh, I forgot all about Critters. Critters is good. Critters was only good because it was like a, it was kind of like a kid horror movie. Yep. I mean, well, Critters 1 anyway, and it had booze in it. Yes. So, so, <laughs> so you, you could uh, you could like watch it with your parents and like you know. And you, you can get, still see boobs. Whoa! Like, like, oh I didn't know that was in there. I probably uh, but that was it was that's when PG thirteen PG thirteen had tits. Means boobies <laughs> were going to be showed. Yeah. Yes. In a non-sexual way, but they, they would just show. They, they, mean, boobies were going to be in it somewhere yeah. in a PG thirteen. All right. Uh, well, we're on number ones, right? Yeah, we're on number yep. ones. All right, let's. Already. Ring. Yeah. Already. Um, oh, ring the bell. Only. There we go. Um, <laughs> I took a sneak peek at Anthony's, and we both had the same thing. Oh well, it's the Alien. It's the best sequel ever, right? There's no other better sequel than that one that I can think of. Because that was the first one, like, making this list, I was like, ooh, Aliens. Well, I'm, and I'm, I, didn't even, I didn't even pull that up because I, even though the first one terrified me. If there's something coming out of your chest, it's, it's a horror movie. Yeah, but uh, it was so sci-fi to me because. You got it in the horror section when you went and rented it. Yep. See, I, that was one of those that I just yeah never thought of it being horror. Yeah. I just always thought it would be like that sci-fi. Even one, though, like I said, the first one terrified One's me. more probably more horror than the second one, but uh, still. But still, it's hard. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's the best sequel, period, ever. Yeah. Actually, people. I liked it better than most people. Almost I think actually, I actually others. seen it first, and I had to go back and watch it. Well, first. when you watch them, I think I did too. You watch the first two, you skip three and four, and then you go watch Prometheus and and then and Covenant. Yeah, Alien Resurrection was pretty good. Yeah, but there's that scene where like she her <laughs> lover dies. Or somebody dies that she really cared about, and she has like this breakdown, and then she goes has sex with this dude in like yeah, the yeah. very next scene, and yeah. I'm like, that that's not. Yeah, but this like that last one was good. I like the last one, the Covenant or whatever. Yeah, Covenant. Yeah. They did surprise yeah. me. Yeah, it was really good. They wanted to make it three parts. There's supposed to be three parts, but the studio wouldn't give the guy the money to do three. It's crazy. So mm-hmm. he only well, he was only able to do two of them. Well, my number one is Nightmare on Elm Street. Part two, two through on two all the rest oh, of them. Okay, okay. all of them but I mean it, even that even that guy that uh, that last one that didn't have him playing it that guy that sounded like Elmer Fudd 
Oh, the remake? No. Yeah. The remake. Yeah. Again. That dude sounded like Elmer Fudd. Yeah, to me, the remake it, was horrible. How did it get that far along in production and everything and no one say, hey, that guy kind of sounds like Elmer Fudd? <laughs> and I like him, too. The guy like they, that played Freddy. Even when they did readings, they had to do readings to find <laughs> their Freddy Krueger. And they're like, oh, yeah. We'll go with Elmer Fred there, or Elmer, <laughs> Elmer Fred. Yeah. He, he did such a good job as Rorschach in The Watchmen. Still, though, that doesn't mean you can be yeah. Freddy Krueger as Elmer Fudd. Yeah, yeah that, you can't. That, the story to me was all jacked up. Now you got to go watch it. Go I'm watch it. Watch Just it pull it up on YouTube, his little talking scenes. That's Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Got your body, don't got your boys. Going I got you with my claws. <laughs> I'm gonna come in your joints and get you. Well, there you go, folks. That is our. Don't go, to, don't go to sweep. <laughs> One, two. Elmer Fred's coming for you. And <laughs> uh, that's our top ten plus for our horror movies. And don't watch the remake on Nightmare on Elm Street. No, please don't. Save yourself. Bugs Bunny gets away, just so you know. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoilers. All right. Y'all hang around. All right, we're doing this outro. Whoa. It was loud. Was it? Check, 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 check. Say something. Something. Yup. Yeah. Afoni. Mm-hmm. You just got back from... The beach. The beach. How was that? It was awesome. That's a that's a good idea to go this time of year I because... Got a, I got a blister from my legs. You got sun? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I knew this was a good time of year to go because even though it was cold here or chilly, uh, it was, it was cold. warm down there. It was a cold a lot of the day. Too? Yeah, it was cold. Did you get in the water? Was it cold? Uh, the water was freezing. Actually, probably takes the ocean a long time. We went down there on the uh, that night and to warm up, I put my feet in the water in the ocean, in the in the Gulf because it was warmer than the outside air. Because hmm. I was barefooted. That's a good idea though to go that time of year because uh, yeah, it's off peak season. And there's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of people. The rates are lower. Yes. And, and and again, it's usually warmer down there. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the prettiest day was going to be today, but yesterday was pretty nice. I've already – I did an intro by myself earlier, and I already told them because I couldn't, like, keep it a secret any longer that we went to Waverly. <gasps> I told them. Spoiler. They know. I spoiled them. Well, I want them to have something to look forward to, which they should look forward to every episode. Just right? us, it's just, just being us. on here. Um, we had a really good time though, doing the Waverly Mansion. And speaking of, and speaking of Waverly, I'm going to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, in March. Mm-hmm. Barry bought me Metallica tickets for my birthday, and I'm planning on going to the Waverly Hills Sanatorium while I'm there. This is supposed to be. Pretty haunted, ain't it? Like, yeah, one of the most haunted places in the world. You should go with us. I know you don't have Metallica tickets, but we're doing a lot more than just the Metallica. We're going to do like uh, um, Woodford Reserve. Yeah. We're going to go tour the distillery. We're going to go to the Jim Bean Distillery. We're going to do Waverly Hills. Like, we're going to 
We're going to rent a house. You're going to get drunk and look at ghosts. Get drunk and look at ghosts. <laughs> it's like, you got to sell beer? No, I don't worry about it. I brought my own. But I wonder, I thought about that, though. Like, I'm going to, I guess, take the at least take the voice recorder with me. Oh, yeah. I would. And I could save it till next October. But that's in March. Oh, no. You ain't got to be Halloween for just, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, cool just put it out thing, right? as an episode. Yeah. Just do it. We had a good Halloween party last night. I wasn't here. You weren't, you weren't here. You, you were on your way back from... I was on the beach. You were on the beach. But uh, Kelly threw a Halloween party. I was... Uh, last year, you know, we all came... A bunch of us came as Jason, like the different yes. versions of Jason from different years. And I wasn't going to dress up at all because I was like, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't like wearing masks. It's just. Yeah, because you can't talk. Well, no. and you can't drink beer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that too. It's pretty in perspective. <laughs> so basically, what happens with everybody, regardless, is you're wearing the mask right when you get there. And you take it off. And if somebody takes a picture, you put it back on. But that's right. about it. That's about it. And I was like, well, I can't paint my face because I got too much facial hair. I've just started growing my beard out for the winter, so I, I quit shaving completely a couple of weeks ago. But I got on YouTube and started looking. I just, like, I think I just Googled, like, face paint, facial hair, or something like that. And I, <laughs> I pulled up, a, I pulled up a, a video of, like, how you can do the skull oh, okay. thing if, if, you, if you have facial hair. There were some dudes on there with beards that did that. And I was like, I'll do that. And I got Caitlin to paint my face up, and it did turn out really good. You saw the pictures, right? Yeah, that's it. I thought it looked cool. Go to my Instagram. Um, what is my Instagram? Kill J Singer. Kill J Singer. Yeah, go look up. Uh, add me on Instagram, Kill J Singer. And uh, real pop. Uh, real pop culture has an Instagram as well. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, we don't have to do this for very long because it's a pretty long episode. That segment that y'all did, I know that was like over a week ago. When that was a week ago tonight. Well, yeah, we go tonight. Well, y'all did the uh, your list. No, let, yeah. Man, that was hilarious. I edited that first. Like I edited that like a day or two after y'all did it, and I was laughing my ass off. You know, we talked about the cat. Uh huh. Yeah. I've never heard her meow until you started. Bitching about her. No, I fed her <laughs> tonight. Right before, like, I've got a... a, a Routine? A rich, ritual. Oh. I always feed her before I cook. Because if oh, I don't, yeah, she'll, she'll just stand there and just meow like a siren. Like, constantly. <laughs> like a car alarm that just won't go off. And so I fed her. But she still, like, she still does it. And what's funny is if she's if she's ate some food, if she's ate cat food... And then you throw some food out there for her from like the grill or whatever, some leftovers, some scraps. She wants it. She wants you to give it to her, but she'll walk up to it and smell of it and just walk off. She's going to cool off. No, it doesn't matter if it's hot or not. She's not going to eat it. She just wants you to give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> She's a demon. She's a demon. We were, uh, we were talking about Jason earlier. Right? You're, you're easily distracted. Well, yeah. I'm waiting on Pig to make a record with that styrofoam box. Of course he's going to. <laughs> it's, it's. 
I had forgotten what we were talking about earlier. I had forgotten that on the end of Jason Goes to Hell, that Freddy's glove comes out of the ground and grabs the mask right. and pulls it under. I'd forgotten all about that. And me and uh, I did my list with Barry. Oh, did you? On okay. this episode, and um, we talked about Jason, Freddy versus Jason, and that was like a, a, I'd forgotten how good of a setup that was. Not that you needed anyway. one. But are you a are you a Jason Michael Myers or a Freddy? What do you mean? Yes. That's that's it. Yes. All of the above. All yeah. of them all. It'd be hard for me to pick one. I mean, I guess because of the time when I was a kid of how like how terrified I was of Nightmare on Elm Street Part One, and like one of, like my favorite horror movie of all time is is Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm probably make maybe just a teeny tiny bit more Jason mm-hmm. and Freddy than I am Michael Myers but still mm-hmm. I like me some Michael Myers too though. right because you know, I'm a one is just like ugh, so good because I lean it's a piece of art because I lean Freddy you're know, more over Freddy and Laura leans Michael Myers it's hard not to really like Freddy because he he, he has facial expressions and dialogue <laughs> yeah <laughs> and Jason has neither and he's, and he's hilarious and Michael Myers has neither he yeah. can't talk he doesn't you can't see what he's yeah, he just yeah, which is a, a a big challenge for the the actors that play them. So, kudos to them. But uh, yeah, Freddie, Freddie's definitely got a, an award winning personality. It kind of felt like uh, for a little while there that he got a little too. I, I read on a a forum. It wasn't a forum. It was like they have this the article, but then people comment under yeah. it, and it was about the the Freddie movies, and somebody said that. That Freddie got to the point where he was just like a, a Joker on steroids. He got more popular than the show. Yeah, uh, the he was show almost went, like he was like the Joker, but even a little bit more maniacal. When they went, uh, and that's that's not. Uh, they had that nightmare. It kind of felt it kind of felt campy at the time, but in hindsight, it I don't know it worked. They've had that nightmare on Elm Street series for a little while. Freddie wasn't in that though. It it had a guy playing Freddy that kind of like narrated it, sort of like the Crypt Keeper, kind of like hosted mm-hmm. uh, Tells from the Crypt. This guy, it wasn't Robert England, or I'm pretty sure it wasn't. He was dressed up as Freddy, and he would kind of like narrate the yeah. So he's trying to do a tale. But no, no, it was it was like the Twilight Zone. Like Twilight it was a Zone, different Tales story from the Dark every, Side. Some of them were good the, though. The like I remember that show pretty well there was a Friday the 13th show also that didn't have Jason it was it wasn't good <laughs> it wasn't good at all no the Freddy one was better but it didn't have Freddy so <laughs> and you couldn't it's like you couldn't have Jason narrate the Friday the 13th speaking of have because you watched, he doesn't talk did you watch the uh, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix no but I've heard a lot about it from all y'all I'm three episodes. Three episodes in. It's um, it's pretty good. This this Halloween season, I've just been watching a lot of old horror movies because of that AMC Fear Fest. Yeah, I've really been into that uh, that history of horror thing. It's on now. They've done uh, zombies. They did slashers, and then slashers part two. That's what they're on now. Slashers and then two. after Walking Dead tonight, they'll show. Uh, the next one, I, you, is, I guess this will be the last one. Because Halloween's like yeah, Wednesday. Halloween's Wednesday. Yeah. How are you feeling on Walking Dead? We had a Walking Dead since last we talked. 
Man, I don't know. I know we talked about it last episode. I think there's been one more episode since we've talked last. No, we talked about it last episode. Because there was two episodes in. Now there's three. Tonight will be four. Right? Yeah. God, time travel really messes. So Rick's only got two more episodes left. After tonight, it'll be one. By the time they hear this, there's one more episode. One more episode left to Rick. And you know, the more I think about it, the more I think you're right. I think he's going to leave on the helicopter. Yeah. Did I tell you you need to listen to the Walkers and Stalkers podcast? Yeah, I think you told me that. Clint's actually at the Walker Stalker Thon. Yeah. Walker Stalker Con. Con. Yeah, Con. So when he comes back, if he's here tomorrow, oh, you need to have him on. We yeah, definitely you need to have him, him on. on. Yeah, that Talk would be. That. You need to do that, Clint. If you're listening to this, and I know you are, you better be, because you got to drive back from Atlanta. That's, yeah, and that's you got nothing else to do. We're listening to real pop culture. We'll take. Why to stretch for that one? It's Bell's way over there. We'll text you and remind you. <laughs> <laughs> he uh tagged me in something on Facebook about some uh a big uh, brew kettle. Oh, yeah? I went to a brewery when I was at the beach. Okay, tell me. Uh, I drank beer. <laughs> no. Uh, it was pretty good place. Milk? A, uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. They had a milk stout. Uh, <laughs> we went up there. It was in Gulf Shores. Went over there, and I said, give me two flights. She said, what do you want on it? I was like, just fill it up. Oh, and, yeah, I saw those pictures you and, posted. Uh, she gave me a good variety. It's pretty cool. Hmm. You gotta go to a brewery. Well, we're supposed to brew beer next week and tomorrow, so not. So it'll uh, be in two weeks. So it'll be the tenth, I believe. Did we? Do, what are we brewing? We're gonna brew something. We. I, mean, I thought we decided. Uh, we're gonna brew like a coffee stout. Yeah, that was it. Either I'm coffee or chocolate. I'm One good with that. Say no more. Or both. You said coffee and beer. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. My two favorite things. We got about ninety bucks in the account. I only have three. I only really have three liquids I drink. Right. Coffee, water, and beer. That's it. What else do you need? We'll do a coffee stout and a chocolate stout. Because if we do anything else, you're gonna say put more hops. Put more. I got the Kool Aid people on the line right now, and they're not happy. <laughs> and they're gonna want you want hops in your Kool Aid. Like I want there. you. Know. <laughs> what else you need? You don't eat Kool Aid. Yeah. Just drink water. We'll do a big uh like a breakfast stout, I guess, because it's gonna be a milk stout, oatmeal milk stout. We're gonna put coffee in it, make a coffee stout, so. It'd be a breakfast. So basically, we're make, yeah, we're making breakfast. It'll we're, be a, it'll be a we breakfast. We're creating stuff. an excuse to drink right when we wake up. That's <laughs> yeah. what I've always wanted to do. So it's gonna hey, it's gonna be a a real heady, sweet coffee stout. And when I sweet, say sweet, I mean like beer sweet. And if you know what, when you say heady, you mean flavor heady it's or thick. like it's gonna be like a like the head's gonna be because like that's one thing that we're we, we were talking about recently is. Uh, how to control your CO2 to get that perfect amount of carbonation. Because you want a good, thick, like almost creamy head to the well, beer. Um, yeah. But you don't want it to be like just crazy. Right. And you don't want it to be too thick where it's like you got a layer of ice cream on top of your beer. Uh, well, on a milk stout you do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, that's that's called a head retention. And like you put a lot of flaked oats in there for that. And yeah. we're making an oatmeal stout. So it's got oats in there anyway. So it's, it's going to be. That would be a good question for Kim Coleman. The 1817 yeah. Brewing Company. Shout out. We need to holler back at him. We need to talk to him in a while. Yeah, we need to tell him about our carbonation issues. I mean, it's not it's not bad. We but just, remember that uh, last beer? It was carbonated perfectly. We didn't change the pressure. We checked the it gauges. It just regulated. It, it just it changed itself. And it wasn't carbonated enough. I think anymore. we just... It like... 
absorbed it and yeah. did it like fart it out. I think or we take that process for granted. And we just didn't kinda, lose pressure. And we just kind of throw it on there and turn it on and hope, you know hope for the best. Yeah, I think there's an art to that that we're not. There's an art for that we're yeah. not. Uh, there's more detail into it that we're not putting into it. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know the fact that the fact that we do it the way we do it proves that we're impatient. Yeah, we don't bottle it and wait. We're like, Uh, turn up the CO two, get it carbonated, get it cold, and let's. We have we have four kegs empty. If we do a, uh, let's do another double batch. We may, but really, I thought you'd say it's too soon. No, no, no. When I say double batch, we won't do two separate batches. We will do a. Single bowl, double ferment. That's so you're just, saying it'll be two batches of the same beer, instead of no, no. We'll do a double bowl or a single bowl, which we'll, we'll just do more more quantity, more yeah, more volume, of the same beer, yeah, more okay, of the yeah, same that's beer. what I said. But when we put in well, the fermenters, we'll put coffee in one fermenter and we'll put chocolate in the other. Oh yeah, that's the cool and thing we'll about have, stout is you can change it on. And we'll have a coffee stout, and we'll, have a, cho- the, and we'll uh, have a chocolate stout. The fermentation process. Right, we'll put it in the fermentation differently. Because hmm. I like a coffee stout and a chocolate stout. I actually like chocolate better. You like coffee better. Right? I like oatmeal stout. I like all the stouts. I can't drink them like... Oh. It, it, the fact, despite the fact that I really like them, I can tell you this. They will last longer in the category. Oh, yeah, and that'd be great. They'll That'd last be longer because, like, with the Raptor Piss, the last IPA, I just couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to drink it, drink it, drink it, drink it. But with a stout, like, a little goes a long way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, you pour that first good pint, and you drink it, and you're like, oh, it tossed me an ultra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least that's the way I am. But we got a big enough pot to do. We could do a 12-gallon batch. We can do three three-gallon kegs. No, four-gallon kegs. When it comes to quantity, you ain't gonna talk me into it. So I mean, we can do. So when we we could scale it up to, we want to do fifteen gallons, but we could do twelve, and do three four gallons, and we can do a, the regular stout, chocolate stout, coffee stout. Of course, we'll be stouting out the, the kegerator, <laughs> but uh, ain't no problem, right? I ain't scared. Well, it's not like it's gonna go to waste. It's right. like, oh, we're gonna do it all this beer. <laughs> <laughs> Like out of all the problems we could have, that's and we had the kegs, so we got four kegs empty right now. Yep. We need to empty that, the peach wheat. I thought about that today. You know what's weird about the peach wheat? It's actually getting better. It's the getting better. It it's getting better. It's getting. It I mean, it's getting. Really I did good. not like it that much at all, and it's still not my favorite. But I actually hated it. You hate? Yeah, you hated it. Now I was like, now eh. it's, it's okay. Now it's pretty. Pretty okay. We done it at the wrong time. You haven't drank in a couple weeks. You if it's pour hot off, outside, you should pour one off tonight and try it. Yeah, but look at that. We need to empty it. I got a buzz now. I gotta drive home. Oh well. When are you off work again? Wednesday. Wednesday. We need to finish out uh, episode one hundred three. I've got all the stuff from Waverly edited. We're not even doing a podcast right now. We're just talking. That's <laughs> what a pod- <laughs> is that what a podcast is? Kinda, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm supposed to go over to my parents Wednesday night. Maybe Don't you? we can get together. Does it matter what time? Mm-hmm. Can we get together late? Like, I'm off, so yeah. I'm, so no, I don't care. Okay. All right. Well, is there anything else we need to talk about? 
Oh, did you hear that thick tongue kind of? It's the outro. We're supposed to have a buzz. We took a shot of uh, Cathead Vodka. Yeah. Shout out to Cathead Vodka because they are brewed. Uh, their distillers right here in Mississippi. It's like Jackson, Canton, Canton. <clears throat> and uh, if you look on the bottle, I didn't realize this. Yeah, I read that. You pointed it out, Barry. Yeah, it was you, uh, me. It's, it's for live music. Yeah, it says support local music. Yeah. It's got little guitars on the like bottle. The, they're oh, basically right. like saying, this vodka is for Killjoy. Yeah, this is Killjoy vodka. I'm going to hit it hard on that. Roll Tide. I said Roll that because of Kelly. All right, Kelly's here. Kelly, say hey to everybody. His, We're doing an outro. His red hair just became crimson. <laughs> what up? Do you have anything else to say other than that? I don't know what y'all are talking about on the intro. I just know we you don't had need a, context. <laughs> we had a bomb ass party last night. Yeah, and I'm just now waking up. We <laughs> we talked about that. You would have done that if you that didn't have a, a party. party. <laughs> well, you got to think. I'd been up since one o'clock Friday. Yeah. How many hours is that? Thirty. Well, see, now I didn't go to bed till. You know, it's like really bad. Five o'clock yeah. this morning. I don't know what kind of cigarettes Kellogg smokes, but he smells like okra. You smell like burnt you okra. Oprah? Okra. Oh, I had to. I was burning. <laughs> he said he smells like Oprah. He smells like burnt okra. I didn't know what Oprah smells like. Money? Well, that's a secret. <laughs> she smells like thousand dollar bills. <laughs> no, I had. To, I was cleaning out the man cave and I was burning. Oh, okay, trash. that's what it is. You smell like. Like what's kind of what kind of shape? Like? Uh, what kind of shape was the man cave in? Pretty bad, but the yard actually looked decent. There was not random cans everywhere, so that's a first. I noticed one thing about y'all need a, a an actual fire pit rather than just burning the fire in the yard because people just kept throwing shit like everything in the fire. Yeah, bottles, cans, jars, people, oh, yeah. chairs. It didn't matter. Yeah, somebody did throw a chair in there. Seriously? Yeah, I was just spitballing. Well, no, I, I thought <laughs> now you I might sound re- guilty. I thought you might remember doing it. <laughs> did I throw a chair in the fire? Yes. <laughs> Are you serious? You tripped over it. And it made me mad. So I threw you it got in. mad. You threw it in the fire. It rolled out of the fire. Then you picked it up and threw it back out in the yard. <laughs> Are you serious right now? Serious. Why do I not remember that? Your face just turned red because you know you Why done do it. Why do I not remember that? Because <laughs> it was about 20 minutes before y'all left. Well, I... <laughs> and you'd been on the phone with Ty back and forth all night. By the way, phone call. on the phone means we were passing around a bottle of Jack, which I, I did get intoxicated. I'm not going to lie. But I remember the ride home. I remember going by McDonald's. We were pissed off because we couldn't get Big Macs. They're like, now we're serving breakfast now. <laughs> like, I don't want a damn biscuit. I want a Big Mac. I got, I'm having a Big Mac attack right now. And then we get we get home, and I had to, like, wipe my makeup off. I remember all that. But there is there is a short window. <laughs> you don't know. There's, there's a pocket of occurrence. I just like the fact I'm having a Big Mac attack. I couldn't get one, so I had to wipe my makeup off. <laughs> It's page 22 in the sausage catalog right there. <laughs> I'm a big bag attack. Couldn't get one. Let me wipe my makeup off. I don't think that's exactly the way I said it. But that's what I heard. That's what you heard. <laughs> yeah, you should have put a comma in that, that sentence right there. You put a comma in something. Well, I said it. I wasn't writing a freaking dissertation. <laughs> uh Disortation. Show's over. Show that was four up. syllables. We gotta get out of here. Once four syllables, that's not good. 
But no, it was a good party. I had a good time. I wasn't expecting that many people to be there. I wasn't either. Did I really throw a chair in the fire? Yes. <laughs> threw it in the fire. It rolled back out. You got mad and threw it out in the yard. I then buried going out and cutting the waterway grass and riding around on the lawnmower like it's his rascal scooter. <laughs> you remember that? Vague. Yeah, I remember him riding around on the lawnmower. I didn't know he cut anything. Yes, he went over to the boat ramp and started cutting grass. <laughs> Do you remember the time uh, he brought the push mower in the house? Yes. And, and it, he said he was vacuuming? No, he said he was cutting the, the carpet. carpet. This thing's too shaggy. I need to cut it. Oh, then he pushed somebody out the door, and my poor lawnmower has not been the same since. Lord. I'm glad Halloween only comes once a year. I don't think we could survive it if it was more no. often. Wait, it was, it was, it's like Halloween has become like the New Year's this Eve. This is the thing. Like, I've, I've told partying. her, since I've been working at Cooper, in, it, in order to go to one of the... Halloween parties out there. I either had to take a vacation day, and usually at this time of year, I'm out. Uh, drink. Yeah, don't drink, y'all. That was a Coke. It's a Coke Zero. <laughs> you don't have to tell them that. Oh, yeah. No, they don't have to drink on that. But, you know uh, the microphone I'm using? I know. She's using my blue mic. But uh, nice. I always have to take off since I've been working at Cooper. Right. My, my work weekend falls on the weekend of the party always, except for this weekend. And I was going on vacation. And you were going on vacation. I was going on vacation. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. We got a lot of holidays coming up. We got November is uh, Thanksgiving. And, of course, Christmas. Everybody's off for a while. Yeah. And then you got New Year's right after that. Like, we're in the, the stretch of, like, yeah. but we don't holiday do a, parties. We don't do a Thanksgiving party, though. Well. We do a Thanksgiving Eve. We, we did. We usually do it. We started a, doing that. Yeah. Or we just cooked a bunch of stuff. Like, you smoked a turkey one time. No, I, we tried the deep fry turkey one time. Tried hell. And Laura, Laura cooks her famous dressings. I think it's time for me to go back to frying the turkeys. Because, like, I did it so much that I was like, it's got uh, redundant, like I yeah. burned out on it. And then yeah. I smoked a couple. And the second one I smoked, I wanted to punt it. Like, punt <laughs> it through the uprights. Oh, really? Because it was, you remember, I brought it over to Barry's that night, and I was so mad. I was like, eat the shit. <laughs> The first pissed. one you know it's good though. It was good the first one, but I don't know what happened with that second one. I couldn't get the temperature, temperature right, wouldn't get right on the grill. Like it would go way too high and then way too low, and I was just like, "Oh, I'm over this." So now I need to go back to, I need to fry. You see, fry one. Fry one. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. Let me know. I'll go grab one. I think I've got one in the freezer right now. Well, we'll grab another and just have a big old deep fried turkey. Man, it takes and... a long time to thaw out a turkey. Yeah. You don't want to drop that bitch in the. No, it needs to be room to There's some, uh, well, you, if you do, let us know. We'll accept the camera. There's YouTube videos on that. Well, I, I've never dropped one. I've never yeah. dropped one in the in the grease while it was frozen, but I've dropped one that was still a little bit too cold. Like I, uh, I thawed it out, but I put it in the refrigerator. Oh, and so it was cold when I dropped it. And, oh, that that uh, that hot grease. Them, that them, shit was mad. The frozen like, ones are a fire. It's like doing jumping jacks in an ant bed, son. <laughs> That shit was on fire. Yeah, but we can uh, between uh the group, everybody in the group, somebody we can we can cook up some food. So mm-hmm. now I think everybody's got their own little specialty they, they can do. I could just sit there and eat Laura's dressing with nothing. I could do a potato salad. <laughs> potato salad. Mart likes her dressing. Yep. Yeah. You All right. Well, look, that. I gotta tell y'all something. Tell them. Since this is the October. Are you the telling holiday, us or are you telling them? Tell them both. 
Uh-oh. We had a uh, incident last night. Oh. How do I not know about this? I wasn't there. Because I, I haven't talked to you since then. No, you didn't do it. No, we were laying in bed last night after the party. And, uh... You and Barry? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He was still mowing the grass. Over. Okay. I was just checking. Me and Vanna. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I done went to sleep. She was slowly going to sleep. And about that time, something grabs her ankle and tries to jerk her off the bed. What? Yes. <laughs> She's sending me pictures now of the bruises around her ankle where it grabbed her and, and jerked on her. I, I, think, like, I think your house is haunted. It is haunted. Everybody knows this. We need to do an investigation there. I keep telling y'all to come on. Yeah. Yeah. Next year is... You heard the beeper beeper stuff. <laughs> yeah, big shout out to uh, Shadowstalkers yeah. Paranormal. Sponsors of Real Pop Culture. But I thought y'all might want to know about that because that it, yeah. it intrigued me when she was telling me about it yeah haven't you had like the sensation of somebody getting in the bed with you yes there for like a month straight every night every morning why didn't you just get up and not be in there because it didn't bother me because he liked it <laughs> no, you're a bed at least alone. somebody's getting in the bed with me <laughs> exactly. at least somebody it, it might be a ghost but still it's something but yes that happened this morning about 5 30 and I would have blamed Drunk Barry, but my door was locked. So, mm. yeah, it got pretty intense this morning. That's pretty crazy. What's the uh, what's the craziest thing that's happened, paranormal-wise, in your house? Is that it? Uh, or well, is there been anything like even worse than that? No, I mean other than something crawling in bed with me, the sensation and that. You catch a glimpse of something every once in a while, but it's not nothing that you can always just play it off. Like, you know, you get floaties in your eyes. Blinky ghost. I do that a lot. Like when I wake up in the mornings, even if there was a whole parade of ghosts dancing around my bed, I wouldn't think it was anything because of how messed up my eyes are when I first wake up. Now, you remember a couple years back, uh, something was always open in the cabinets during the night, but... I think Barry was doing that. On purpose? Yeah. I think he went in there, he was hungry, and he just didn't show him back. Oh, no. He, okay. He, had, he needed a midnight snack. But it was all of them, so that's, that, that was weird. But that was a long time ago. All right. We're at two hours and something, so let's wrap this up. All right. All right. I'm gonna, uh, let's tell them happy Halloween, even though this isn't the final Halloween season episode. By the time they listen to this, it'll be almost Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Tell them. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture, episode 102. Why do I say that like a robot? I don't know. I don't know. I was one wondering zero that too. Two. Press <laughs> nine for It's because of the boxes person. we got last week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture, episode 102. Man. We're, we're broadcasting live from high atop the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters at the Kill J Ranch. Love you. Bye. See you later, bro. Peace out. When have you ever said peace out? <laughs> I changed mine up every time. I went I went out of order. But I you, don't, I don't have no set thing. I you say gotta have like a thing, man. That is oh, my thing. I change God. it all. Can I sting you so you don't uh, have a thing? That is my thing. You're, can't, you can't have a thing that's not a thing. Yes, you can. So that's your thing? <laughs> it's things. You don't have a thing. <laughs> my thing is I swap it up. I've done it every episode that I'm on. Yeah. That's it, cutie music. Wait, how's it go? (laughs)
Did you just? I was just doing the A team. I don't know. Copyrighted. We might want to use that. No, the A team is dun 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 But when it gets in the dun dun I've heard the A team thing. So when it settles out, it does the other thing. Yeah, kicks it in. Oh, after the intro. Yeah. Alabama plays it. Because you know, oh lord, A team. Here we go. Look, yeah, I see your hat. New hat, huh? It's a new hat. Oh, it got it. It looks new. It's not dirty. Yeah, no, I gotta break it in. Yup. Hey, pig. All right, my dog is like, oh, he wants a bone. Wants a bone. Oh, it's time. How does he know it's Sunday? (laughs) He comes up. He's just, he's never done that. I don't give him bones every day because they got too many calories. I'm just giving bones on the weekend. Now he knows. He's looking for it. You said bone, and he's just like looking for it. I think I know that word. All right. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for our final Halloween season episode. Yeah. 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 Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be Kella. I'm just going to change my thing. (laughs) Instead of love you, Bob, I'll be like, uh, see... Stay classy, Seattle. <laughs> Keep it real, St. Louis. <laughs> I don't even know. What That's an Anchorman, right? Yeah. It was one of them was on Anchorman. Keep it classy, Seattle was on Full House. I don't watch Anchorman. San Diego. Because it's silly. Cause Is it no. San Diego? It's not silly. No, it's it's are you leaving? No. I went he just got back. Oh. It's not silly. What's All right. That? We're gone. Bye. Bye. Bah. I got a new thing I'm doing. It's called Bah. <laughs> <laughs>